And now, introducing the most wanted man in America. Baseball wants him for their new commissioner. The Terps want him as their new head coach. Press Box wants him to stop gambling and get back to work. And your girlfriend wants him to show what love is. He's the John Stamos of Baltimore sports. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. He is Paul Valley. Papa Cass is here today as well. And got much to discuss on a Tuesday edition of the program as uh, we're hoping that at some point during the course of the day we will find out that baseball has gotten its S together and they have come to an agreement. Thought that maybe it might be coming last night. Never, uh, never finalized. And so we continue to play the waiting game. But um, as I expected, they're deadline was nonsense it was always nonsense it was always a joke the idea that um they were actually going to start canceling games last night was never going to be the case um because they don't need to because it's not necessary it's just silly we're we're just saying things for the sake of saying them and obviously it was posturing to try to force the player's hand and try to say, hey, you need to, to come meet with us because we're going to start canceling your games. No, no, they're not, they were never going to do that. That was not going to be a thing. Um, and it appears as though they're close or at least close enough as they've come to agreement on certain things, like it's going to be 12 teams that make the playoffs, so not 14 as have been discussed. It'll be six teams in each league that will be in the playoffs, um, which is a concession from the players. I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's too many. We don't need that. I hear you. Um, the players want there to be more difficulty in getting into the postseason. So I say it's not a concession from the players. Sorry, it's a concession from the owners. The owners want more playoff games. They want more games that people want to watch and more product that you can sell to the networks. They want there to be more teams in the playoffs the, the players themselves think fewer teams in the playoffs means more teams have to spend money in order to try to be good because it's more difficult to make it to the postseason so the players won on that one what they're giving elsewhere to be determined but they won that one the owners wanted more teams in the playoffs. The players are getting their way with it being 12, six teams in each league moving forward that will make the postseason. Is that the right answer? Is that the right number? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know what the right answer to a lot of these things are. Honestly, I don't know. Because um, I, I don't know which one I care about more. I, I, this idea of well, it's just too much and it's not necessary. Okay, fine. There's a lot of things that aren't necessary. It's not necessary to play 162 games either. But we're going to keep doing that. So I don't, I don't know how much I care about the not necessary side of it versus the other side to me as a consumer where I like there being more games that matter. I, I can't lie about that. If my team's not interested, interesting... I'm checked out until the postseason begins. So I'm for there being more postseason baseball because it's the good product. I'm I'm torn on this. I'm like, uh, it's like the Backstreet Boys. I'm tearing up my heart. So the Backstreet Boys are in sync. I don't remember now. It's Backstreet Boys, I think it's right? Backstreet, Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys tearing up my heart. 
way before uh, Papa Kaz over here. Thanks. She wasn't even a glimmer yeah, in a pair right, of ties. Right? Yeah, she absolutely gave me a blank stare when I asked that question. And and admittedly, I looked at her because she's a, a female, and that's just the. <laughs> then I remembered. Oh right, yeah, she's she's twenty. Like there's just no world in which that means anything to her whatsoever. It means way more to your boy than it does to Papa Cass. Um, it's tearing up my heart, man. I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is, but I know what the answer is going to be. It's going to be 12 teams in the postseason moving forward. So that's that. Now, what we do need to talk about today is this bizarre report. This, I, I don't know what to make of it, that left most of us gobsmacked yesterday. And we will chat with the man who authored the report, Raul Ramos. He uh, writes for a website called Con Las Bases Full. With the bases full. I am bilingual. <laughs> um, when I saw this yesterday about the Orioles' interest in Carlos Correa, admittedly my first thought was, I'm not going to give this any credence because I don't know who this person is. And unlike a lot of people on the Internet who amplify things like Hollywood Brown is going to quit football to become a video game player. I'm not going to be someone who does that. I'm going to poke around a bit more before I simply amplify something in any way, even just with like a, a quizzical concern. I just don't want to amplify anything. Of course, Raul Ramos is a member of the Baseball Writers Association of America. He's not just some guy with a blog. He actually covers the Latin side of baseball significantly. He's not just a guy. He's not Steve who started a blog one day and you know did things to manipulate Twitter followers and suddenly woke up one morning and had enough Twitter followers that he was able to get verified because of it. He's an actual reporter. What do we make of it? I don't know. We're going to talk to him in a few minutes. A lot of people would say, well, the fact that it wasn't immediately followed up with other reporters suggesting it was true says to me it's not true. Maybe, but those reporters are also a little bit sidetracked at the moment. There's other things going on in baseball that probably have them a bit distracted from worrying about whether or not the Orioles are interested in Carlos Correa. So I don't know what to make of it. We'll talk to him, and the idea is fascinating, of course. I'm still betting against it. I'm still quite skeptical of the Orioles, as a few people have pointed out. You could be interested in someone but not interested at 10 years and $350 million. You could be interested in, hey, if the market crashes, we'll make a phone call. Versus, no, we're legitimately going to pay $350 million for a baseball player, which is twice more than double anything we've ever paid for a baseball player. I'm skeptical to say the least. Not of the report, of the reality. I would bet against the Orioles actually being in the Carlos Correa market. Again, there's a difference between interest and really being in the market. The comparison I would make once upon a time. A lot of people were angry 
at Mark Teixeira for not signing with the Orioles. What I said then, based on my reporting, was really important to me. There was nothing to be angry about Mark Teixeira about. The Orioles never actually offered Mark Teixeira a contract. And it's a nuance that was lost on a lot of people. Were the Orioles interested? Yes, they were. They were interested. They talked to Mark Teixeira's camp. Did the Orioles actually ever put a piece of paper in front of Mark Teixeira that said, if you sign this, you'll be a Baltimore Oriole? No, that never occurred. And the reason it never occurred is because they were never even going to pay Mark Teixeira the lesser money that was reportedly offered. I don't like using the word sham, right? Because something could become real, I guess. But the Orioles were never signing Mark Teixeira. They got involved in the process because they understood how bad of a look it would be for a hometown player to be available on the market and for them to be completely uninterested. They played it out perfectly. Make it look like he's the bad guy because he signed with a team that you hated for more money. The Orioles were never signing Mark Teixeira. They were never paying, again, even the lesser amount of money that was reported that they had offered. They were never doing that. And the reason they didn't put a contract in front of him is because there was a bizarro world in which he might have said yes. He wasn't. He was always going to take more money for the Yankees. But what if that day he decided, you know what, the hell with it, I'd rather be home. I'll just sign this deal. Then they would have been screwed because they were never paying him that money. They never put a contract in front of Mark Teixeira. Does that mean they weren't interested? Or parsing? You could say they were interested. If the market had crashed, maybe they would have. Maybe if Mark Teixeira said, I'll p- play for you for nothing, perhaps they would have. But they weren't paying that money. I don't know what to make of the Carlos Correa thing. I. I also, unfortunately, went in a situation where we have to read um, Google tr- Translate in order for me to um, you know, dive more in on what it is that we learned in this report from um, Raul Ramos, who, again, is going to join us in about 10 minutes here on GCR. Admittedly, my, as I did say, I was bilingual. That's not fully accurate. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not remotely bilingual, <laughs> I speak. Almost no Spanish. Almost none whatsoever. I mean, very, very little. That's just the, um, it's just the reality of it. Um, anyway, sorry. I was, uh, I was trying to come up with it. Apparently, I've already run out of my, uh, the number of times I'm able to translate something into English for the day. Oh, come on, man. Oh, I can't translate it again. That's very frustrating. All right, anyway. Um, look, the moral of the story is the report says. They will do their best to acquire Puerto Rican free agent Carlos Correa. Sources confirm the genuine interest of the Orioles in acquiring Puerto Rican free agent Carlos Correa. Before the work stoppage, Baltimore had already informed William Morris Endeavor, former agent, of interest in Correa. Now it will be up to Scott Boris to close the deal that would be for 10 seasons and over $350 million. So there's, there's two different things, and that's how that's worded. And again, this is something that's difficult because it could be lost in translation. I don't know if what he's actually saying 
is that his report is that the Orioles were prepared to offer 10 years and $350 million, or the translation that comes across via Google is that they're interested in the player and the player's deal should be for 10 years and $350 million. Separated is significant. If he's not saying the Orioles are willing to pay 10 years and $350 million for Carlos Correa, well then, come on, what are we doing here? If it's just they're interested and separately, here's the price it's likely to cost, well, there's a big chasm between those two things in which the Orioles could say, yeah, we're interested, just not for those numbers. You know, if if you said at one point during the process, there was a report that Carlos Correa would be interested in going to a team that was rebuilding, would be willing to go to a team that was rebuilding if they were doing it the right way. Well, if you want to come here for seven years and, you know, $175 million, we'll talk. I don't know. Again, we'll talk more about it in a minute with the guy that wrote the story. I don't know, but the Google Translate makes it difficult. Would it be worth breaking the bank for Carlos Correa? That, by the way, I still think is a relevant question. Carlos Correa alone does not a rebuild make. It goes a long way in closing the gap that I brought up that I brought up a few times in relation to what if something goes wrong with Adley Rutschman? What if Adley Rutschman is Matt Wieters instead of being the true transcendent superstar that we want to believe he's going to be? It's separating the pitching problem that's going to exist no matter what. Separating that just in terms of that championship-caliber lineup that we were talking about with Keith Law a couple weeks ago, that the Orioles could put together based on what they have internally, that has to involve Adley Rutschman becoming a transcendent superstar. I mean, like, that legitimate of a player with a bat. Not just a high-level catcher, not just a guy that, that can hit a little bit. A truly transcendent superstar who's also a catcher. It's like having a two-for-one deal. If he doesn't become that guy, the roadmap to making this a championship caliber starting lineup becomes more perilous. It has to involve Ryan Mountcastle improving even beyond what we've seen from him. There being a next level to where Ryan Mountcastle could get to. It clearly must involve Cedric Mullins both maintaining the level that he's at and also sticking around. It has to involve someone, the Gunnar Hendersons of the world, not just panning out as a major league player, but becoming more of a high-level major league player. DJ Stewart, Austin Hayes, somebody in that group being a bit more than what we have any reasonable expectation for them to be. The roadmap to overcoming... Adley Rutschman not being a transcendent superstar is perilous. It gets far easier if you've got Carlos Correa on your team. Even if you don't have Carlos Correa, if you but you show a willingness to talk to him. You show the willingness to put that kind of money. If, it, it if the belief is that you'll spend the money otherwise, right? right. Like, and that's, now, that's seven years, $175 that's all, million, this, that's not... This goes back know. to why the Teixeira thing was a sham. Right. They weren't spending that money. Right. We know that. We know they weren't spending that money because they proved it. 
They weren't spending the money. And that's what make this, makes this so difficult, is this proof that you are willing to spend this money come hell or high water. And then we can debate whether or not it's best to spend it on one player or on multiple players, and we can have the conversation about, hey, isn't the bigger problem the pitching? Isn't that, if you're going to be spending this money, like, shouldn't you be thinking more about the pitching than thinking about this? Aren't you closer on this side than you are on the pitching side of things? These are all relevant conversations to be had. There are so many layers to this. I'm not exactly sure where to begin. Again, we, we begin with the, is this real part of it, I guess. But if it is, then there's about six different debates that can be had. Is Carlos Correa the entirety of the money that you'd be willing to spend if you're willing to spend it? This goes back to the Manny Machado conversation. No, sorry, the Chris Davis conversation in, in comparison to Manny Machado. A lot of us are embarrassed because we said we were on board with signing Chris Davis when the Orioles did it. But a lot of us made something very clear. If this is the entirety of the money that you're spending, no, don't do this. And I didn't do that because I thought Chris Davis was going to say that because I thought Chris Davis was going to fall off the face of the planet. That wasn't my expectation. But that was a mistake. It was a mistake if the only money that you were going to spend was going to be on Chris Davis. Spending money on Chris Davis needed to be a sign that you were spending money now and that you would be willing to spend money on Manny Machado, who was a billion times more important than Chris Davis, even before he fell off the face of the planet. Davis, that is. Machado's still fine. Make <laughs> that very clear. Love Manny. The Padres spent the money on Manny Machado and said, that's not the only money we're going to spend. We get it. One player does not solve this. And by the way, it's still not solved. They had a rebuild plan, injected Manny Machado to it, and still spent more money. If spending money on Carlos Correa is a sign that you're willing to spend even more money than that, one, I have no idea where it's coming from. Let's make that abundantly clear. I don't have a clue on how a team that had to give deferred money to Chris Davis suddenly is flush with cash to spend money on Carlos Correa. I, I, and, and then more after that? I, I, Paul McCartney concerts are great, and trust me, it feels like you're making a boatload of money because I know how much I paid for my tickets. I mean, if that's what this is, if my $513 for two tickets to see Paul McCartney is what goes to getting us Carlos Correa, I might actually feel better about all of this. Might be at more peace sitting there that night. Glenn Clark, the reason Carlos Correa is here. For yes, you can tickets. thank me, correct. Thank you, Glenn. You can thank me personally. Be all in. That's a lot of money, man. I'm struggling. I'm struggling with the idea that suddenly you're so flush with cash that it's Carlos Correa and more. Well, maybe, maybe you always had the cash, and it's a change in philosophy because now it's not the father. They won't thing. send the broadcasters back on the road yet. Isn't that a whole a, a baseball S thing? No. Though? Oh, it's just the Orioles. Plenty of teams started sending broadcasters on the road again as the season went on last year. Well, that's so that they can pay Carlos Correa. That's what they're. All of these things are about <laughs> saving so they can money pay for Carlos, Carlos Correa. Correa. I don't know, man. I I, I don't know. Like, maybe, maybe it is. I got so many questions. I mean, so many questions about this Carlos Correa thing. Like, so many. 
I'm I'm of course fascinated by it. Obviously, the idea that even the hypothetical thought of Carlos Correa being in play is exciting. How could it not be exciting? And perhaps a sign that the Orioles have said, hey, there's no more benefit to us being terrible. I mean, you're still, however the draft lottery thing ends up working out, you're still going to get a higher pick if you're one of the worst teams in baseball. You're just not guaranteed to get the number one pick. And maybe it's a sign to them that they say, look, we know this player alone does not get us there, but we don't want to be the worst team in baseball anymore because we know there's not going to be a benefit to being the worst team in baseball any longer. I don't know. I mean, I. It's it's so wild. It's so out of nowhere. It, and again, there's still I'm still not even close to fifty fifty, in my thought that it could happen. But the thought of maybe is is obviously quite fascinating to me. Just even the maybe, even the wondering and the possibility of it, and you know. It's like being a child and knowing that Christmas is coming and you're probably not going to get an actual dinosaur, but, like, you never know. You're a child. You don't know any better. You could be an actual dinosaur that shows up under the Christmas tree. I mean, it, it doesn't seem likely. I haven't noticed Mom and Dad going to the dinosaur store anytime soon, but, like, you know, it, it could happen. It's possible. It's possible. All right, today's show is brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel Maryland and the FanDuel Sportsbook. 51 self-service kiosks for you to get your bets in in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. It's the place for all of the big events. You're going to want to be there in order to watch all of them, including, of course, the tournament coming up. You're going to want to camp out in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. I know I'll be doing that exact thing, watching basketball all day long, getting my bets in. If you haven't been yet, you need to check it out. FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. All right, this is the man who reported the Orioles' interest in one Carlos Correa. He writes about baseball for Con Las Bases Full. He's got a YouTube channel he's going to tell us about as well. He is a member of the Baseball Writers Association of America. He's Raul Ramos, and he's with us now here on GCR. Raul, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Oh, my my pleasure. Uh, I'm here to answer any questions that you may have, and and I know that you have plenty. Yeah, Raul, as you'd imagine, you really shook up the city of Baltimore yesterday, my friend. (laughs) You got this city turned on uh, on a dime, and all of a sudden, absolutely uh, gobsmacked and panicked. So, I, I guess here's the difficulty, right? Um, we, I, I believe it or not, I am not the, a bilingual speaker, and so I was forced to use Google Translate in order to read more more of the details in the report. And so, some things I, I always wonder about in translation what might be lost. So, can you clarify a couple of things for me at the start? Sure. The the number, the figure, ten years, three hundred fifty million dollars. Were you reporting that the Orioles were willing to spend that money or that was the interest they had in spending that money? Or was it more the Orioles are interested and the, the contract for Carlos Correa is likely to be in that territory? Okay, let, let me make a few things clear. I was listening to you guys before uh, you guys called me. Yep. And I think this is completely different than the Mark Teixeira fiasco. Yep. Uh, this is a different leadership 
let's have that straight up. And I'm, <clears throat> I'm sure that Elias and, and the rest understand that they need to compete with a good team in order to be able to run <clears throat> with and against the Yankees, Boston, Toronto, and Tampa. Sure. And um, so for what my sources told me, again, they met before the lockout. They exchanged figures. Okay. So, yes, they, they put an offer on the table. Ten years. Uh, top heavy. And now, uh, I, I mentioned this early in the morning in, um, in Spanish baseball news, and uh, I mentioned it yesterday on my baseball channel. Uh, top heavy the first two years. Uh, where they will be offering, oh, I'm sorry, where they offer at that point uh, 40, uh, around $44 million per, per season, the first two, and around 29 and change the, the other eight. So, so what I'm saying, I'm not saying that Baltimore is going to, to get Carlos Correa. Right. What I'm saying is like they, they are making an effort. They are interest, and you know what? For a team that had been having so bad, uh, horrible seasons, they understand that they need to make an impact in order to become uh, reliable. Mm-hmm. Another thing, uh, they, uh, you, you guys have been doing, doing wonderful with your farm system. Yes. And uh, in your farm system, you guys have uh, Grayson Rodriguez, and you have about um, six Hispanic players in your top 30. Not counting Cesar Prieto, the Cuban player that you guys uh, got for for very cheap, like for $600,000. The Orioles ambition these guys to be able to play at a high level in the major leagues. And in their eyes, them bringing Correa to this group of Hispanic players They'll be able to have fans from Puerto Rico, from Cuba, from Venezuela, to Mexico. So they want to cater also to the Spanish community, putting a good team, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that has to mean, mean something about it. You want to put talent around, and they also understand that in order to be competitive, they need to bring more players in the future. If you go in your farm system, if they are able to get Correa, they have about four or five players that can play shortstop in your farm system, top 30. If they're able to get Correa, they could trade these trade players it, for yeah. other pieces yeah. that they they will require in order to be successful. Yeah, so, pitching standing out amongst that, right? That they, they are going to have a need for pitching at some point if this works out, and that would provide you the opportunity to trade young players in order to require pitchers. I mean, that's, that's fascinating, Raul. Yeah, so again, again, I'm not saying that they will – Get them. I'm saying their intent, their serious interest, and it seems that they have a plan. And also, having Elias is a link, right? Right, right, of course. Yeah, we talked about that. I mean, almost, uh, you know, we've dismissed it in fairness until now. Like, we've talked about it, though, clearly. There is reason to think that Mike Elias specifically might earmark and say, I'm going, this is the guy I want individually, and not just I want to spend this amount of money on any sort of player that might be out there. Yes, and and again, um, I'm not sure about about these details, but I'm I'm sure that if Carlos if Carlos Correa is actually really interested, he will ask. Well, you guys, yeah, you guys hire me, but what's the next step? Right. Who else are you going to plan to hire? But that's that's a conversation that maybe they already have, maybe they're having. I don't know. 
What I actually know is that uh, Correa's changing agents to Scott Boras. Uh, I was told that there's a good relationship between Baltimore people and Scott Boras. So that's not an issue. He is Raul Ramos, who's with us here on GCR, discussing this report of the Orioles' interest in Carlos Correa. Raul, I, I guess, you know, again, they go through, work through my, you know, uh, if skepticism, of course, is the word that I'm going to use, because this is, as I said to you, this is gobsmacking, right? Like, this comes so out of nowhere for us. Um, yeah. Do, do you sense that this might have always been part of the plan for the Orioles, or did they need to see the market? Did you Did you get at all a sense of how this came about, that the Orioles would be interested in Carlos Correa? Actually, it, it's kind of surprising. I, I don't cover the Orioles much, to tell you right. the truth. I cover more Yankees and Mets baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you, but they, the Orioles, they have this space on the CBT, and that's what makes it interesting. So I'm guessing that probably when the lockout happened, the Korea team was waiting to see how much the CBT was going to go up to see other options, to see who else will be able to offer. But let's remember, there's not that many teams that are able or willing to offer over $300 million. Now, the Corey Seager signing uh, by Texas opened a kind of worms, because if you're going to offer that much money to Corey Seager, then you have to offer the same, same amount or even more for Carlos Correa, right. and that's what made Carlos Correa contract even uh, a lot more money. Ah, uh, so, so okay, if the Orioles don't land Carlos Correa, Raul, do you read into this as the, the Orioles have the money, they're willing to start spending, and, and they've got to spend it elsewhere, or do you think this is more uniquely about Correa? Well, then I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand. I, I, I don't know. I, if, if I tell you, if I answer this, I will be making it up, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> and I, I'm just reporting. Yep. Specifically about Correa. I get that. I get that. And I, by the way, I appreciate that. That that certainly lends more credence to your report. The fact that you're not willing to uh, hypothesize about something else, it lends far more credence to the fact that this is what you know about and this is what you know about. Did you get any sense about like where the Correa side is on all of this, Raul? Like that that they, you know, we heard earlier in the off season, we heard reports that Correa would be willing to go to a team that was rebuilding, that he wouldn't eliminate rebuilding teams in his consideration. Do, do you think that that there is a legitimacy to the idea that Carlos Correa would be willing to come to Baltimore? Well, let let's go two steps backwards. Yeah, let's remember who is his agent. Well, we know is that Scott Boris doesn't left money on the table. If the Orioles are willing, that we know, right, and able to offer X amount of money, and no one, no other team goes over, I think, I think, because it's Scott Boris, Carlos Correa was signed with Baltimore. If, if we go back, and, and also now with the, with the union, um, Maybe, maybe, and, and I'm just saying just in general, teams will, uh, a player will decide to sign with a different team, maybe if the, if the difference is not that much. But if we go back to Buhols, uh, when he decided to sign with the Angels instead of the Cardinals, he signed with the, with the Angels because it was so much money over, and not signing with the Angels, it will put a step back to his uh, junior bodies, to the players, right? Mm-hmm. So... I'm guessing, and then I'm guessing that if the Orioles offer the best offer, and they are, well, 
so far, so far, without the CBT that hopefully everything's going to be resolved today, they have the space. They're willing to offer that big contract. So as of right now, I don't see other teams doing this. Yes, you could say, oh, maybe the cops. Well, the cops, they they have been trying to stay away from, uh, from 10-year contracts. Yep. Right? Uh, the people that say that the Yankees will will get that, I guess they're crazy. They're smoking something. Uh, <laughs> and and it's, the reason is, like, they right now they don't have the space. Yes, if they go over, they can pay the tax. But right now, the issue is that the draft picks. You don't want to lose draft picks. And, and that's what is putting, like, a, a break on all this. So, again, the only thing I can say yep. is that, the again, that the Orioles, they are able, because they have the space under budget, and they're willing to get Carlos Correa to make the Orioles a better team. Let me, let me, let me follow up with that, Raul, and what you spoke to about the interest it could develop for them in the Latin markets and what it could mean to the organization. It, Carlos Correa, I think there, there is a question that people are asking about Carlos Correa as a baseball player. Is he worth $350 million? Right? Nobody's debating that he's a good baseball player, but we need to be fair, right? He's, he's hit 300 one time in, in his career, right? He's... The Orioles didn't spend this amount of money for Manny Machado a few years ago, and I think most people would say Manny Machado it was an overall better baseball player at that point than Carlos Correa. It, would signing Correa make you know the Latin side of this? You understand his significance in that community because it's the community, of course, that you touch. It is would signing Carlos Correa be that significant in creating uh, a new market and creating new interest? that it would make up whatever the difference would be in whether or not a player is really worth $35 million a season? Well, let, let's remember something, right? Personally, personally, I don't, think, I don't think any player is worth that much. But, but, the market... Dictates it, right. So, right? So that's it, right? Yeah. Uh, and again, this is what the, the 1% of elite players, and they're making that money because they... Come on, if you were able to play baseball at that level, you want to get paid, right? But unfortunately, I cannot do it, so I have to write about it. <laughs> yep. So, so uh, I will say that his impact will be huge. I think that, uh, well, his impact in marketing, right? And I think that if, he, if he's able to sign with the team, that there will be a plan of, like, what type of player he wants to be surrounded by, right? Mm-hmm. Because you cannot only be surrounded by rookies, you need to be surrounded by uh, by other good players. Like the the uh, the catcher prospect, he's, he's a, he seems to be a great player, but we don't know because they're only prospects, right? Yep. But he, he looks like he's an, a, a can miss kind of guy. But still, yeah, we 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 sure hope so, Raul. Mm-hmm. We are we are banking on that here in Baltimore that Adley Rutschman really is that type of player. But I, of course, and that, that we you and you know as, as you said, if you were listening, Paul and I alluded to that, like. This does alleviate some of that, right? That signing Carlos Correa gives you another roadmap to making this thing work if Adley Rutschman isn't, you know, legitimately the Messiah as far as a catching prospect is concerned. If he's just a good player, this alleviates a little bit of that because you have more to work with. Um, and and uh, Glenn, let me say something to you. Yes. The, the only reason that I would say that probably it will put a rock on the road for Correa and the, the Orioles 
is that if he asks for a, like he can become like a free agent at some point of the contract. Okay. So and, and the reason is like they're, they're they're trying to invest, right? They're yep. trying to invest and to build around. Right. So if he wants so, out after four years, that's not going to be something they're going to be in love with. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Or I don't know four years, but definitely if they if they put a clause, if he wants to put a clause after two years. I, I think yeah. that would be a deal-breaker. Right, because it would be very difficult to fathom this team being a World Series contender in the next two years, right? Like yeah. it, that, that Boy, that's that's a really you know fascinating side of this, is that they definitely – that would not make any sense at all for no. the Orioles, for there to be a two-year out for Carlos Correa whatsoever, because they, there's no way they can create a World Series winner in that process. Raul, do you have a sense for time-wise? Like, I mean, obviously, whenever whenever this agreement – and we're, you know, we're hoping maybe it comes today with Major League Baseball – but whenever this gets put into motion, do, do you assume that the Correa deal comes together within a week, um, say, of, of whenever, you know, we, we, we baseball begins again? You know what? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> again, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I hope. But, but, again, everything depends on, on the CBT. Everything depends on who's willing to offer 10 years. And, and we know that there, there, there are not that many teams willing to offer 10 years. I think that I'm a romantic, so I always wanted to see Correa finish his, his, uh, his career with the Astros. Sure. And it, I would like that. You know what? Uh, I would like a player to start being a uh, number one draft pick and finish the career with, the, with, that, with that same team. I don't know if, if the Astros say, you know what, let's offer 10 years and, I don't know, let's say $300 million. I don't know. I mean, I may, now, again, I'm making this up. Right, right. right. I don't know if Scott Boras will give a hometown discount. I don't know. But we don't know after this, the lockout is over if there's going to be another team willing to match or go over. So I don't know. Raul, let me, uh, let me let you tell people about uh, your YouTube channel and what it is that you guys do with Con Las Bases Full. So Con Las Bases Llenas, which is like with the bases loaded, is the biggest Spanish baseball website in the U.S. Um, we cover baseball, MLB, Caribbean, Asia, and so on. Over 2 million people read us a month. And uh, so if you read Spanish, if you want to improve your high school Spanish, you're more than welcome to go and, and beat us, uh, visit us at www.conlasbasesllenas.com. Uh, and there you have uh, baseball, uh, news, stories, and everything, 365 days a year. And uh, also, uh, I have my own uh, YouTube channel. It's uh, Baseball Ahora, Baseball in English, and Ahora, like now. Yep. And we do it Mondays and Thursdays at 8.30 uh, Eastern Time PM. And there you see uh, an analysis, you see interviews with players. We're actually more retired players. Um, like uh, last week, we had uh, David Concepcion. Oh, yeah, I've, I've heard of him. I'm familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and about two weeks ago, two weeks before that, we had Tony Oliva. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. These we guys had, are okay. Uh, Jose Contreras. We have had in the past Louis Tiant. We have had uh, Orlando Cepeda, and uh, plenty of uh, of legends. Well. I mean, I, I, it sounds like something that if you are a fan of baseball, you should be checking out Baseball Aura 
uh, on uh, YouTube. Of course, I probably butcher it. My, my, my Spanish, I'm sorry, Raul. I am so – it's been such a long time since I was in Senorita Knowles class at Perry Hall High School, and I have fallen apart over the years. But I am I, – I, I'm telling you – you are flipping this city upside down right now with your reporting as people are losing their minds about the oh. thought of the Orioles and, and Carlos Correa. I, I can tell you, I have, I have received so many uh, <laughs> funny messages, tweets, <laughs> and, and everything that, you know what, I, let, me, let me put it this way. Uh, I hope that he will sign with the Orioles. Yeah, you'll be a very popular man, Raul. I'll tell you right now, if the Carlos Correa signs with the Orioles, we might let you throw out a, a first pitch at some point this season. Raul, um, I, I, I encourage everybody to follow you on Twitter. At Ramos Raul I, correct, is, is the place where they can follow you? Yes, you can. Yep. Raul, really appreciate you taking time to join us this morning. We'll be fascinating to see how this plays out. But thank you uh, very much for your time, uh, your honesty. That, that absolutely means a lot. Um, and look forward to chatting with you again down the road, all right? Oh, absolutely. And hopefully we can talk a bit more about baseball during this season, okay? Yes, Good luck, no question. Guys. Thank you, Raul. Raul hey, Ramos. The man who uh, first reported the Orioles' interest in Carlos Correa. Look, I, again, I'm going to maintain guard. I think if you listen to that, he comes off very authentic. Genuine. Um, I do think it matters that when I asked him about other things, that he just said, I don't know that. And I'm not going to – I'm not here to hypothesize. I'm telling you I know this. The fact that he had exact numbers. Too. Yeah, that certainly stands out, doesn't it? Yeah. That definitely stands out. But even more so to me, the – Hey, what do you what do you think this means to the Orioles? I don't know. I can't tell you. That's not the reporting mm-hmm. I've done, mm-hmm. which I think you know kind of gives you a little bit more information about sourcing, right? Um, not that I'm I'm telling you I don't know who his source is, but I think that it's st- it speaks to that. I and thi- I th- think there would still be somebody that would say there's a danger to what if their side wanted this planted, right? What mm-hmm. if the Correa camp, the Boris camp, wanted this out there because they're really trying to drive up the price from somebody else, right? And it's an excellent point. I, I can't dismiss that, right? And and I'm not I'm not ch- alleging that by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not telling you that. But it somebody would feel that way and, and I it needs to be put out there. We need to at least to say that because we would do the same with just about any report. This is not unique to Raul, Raul Ramos reporting something. I would say the same thing if just about anyone reported this. Mm-hmm. There is always information that might be planted by an agent in an attempt to drive up a price of a of a potential a free agent. But really odd that an agent would choose the Orioles to do that with. Right. Right? Like, really odd that that would be your selection. It It's almost so wild that it, like, has to be true because it's so wildly unbelievable. If you're the Rockies, and they're not in the market. Who's the team? If you're the... Mariners. The Mariners could. Yeah, maybe. Could maybe. Use a short if stop. you're the Mariners and you're thinking about something like this, and you see the Orioles out there, mm-hmm. and you just know because you know the inner workings of the Orioles, like they're not spending that type of money on a baseball player, you laugh this off. Whereas mm-hmm. if it's the Yankees that you plant this information about, you're like, well, of course that's believable. It's the Yankees. They could always spend this type of money on a player. I think about it's wild, man. You asked him a great question where you asked him. Is it Carlos Correa 
Or right. is it, are they willing to spend the money on any, insert free agent? And I think that's a great point because I feel like a guy like Carlos Correa would be the one that you would open the bank for because of him bringing in the, that that Hispanic community. Maybe. And what the fact that he mentioned, you have four to five guys in your top 30 that can play shortstop. You can trade them for other players. That's interesting too, yes. I, I, I do believe... In, in my heart of hearts, I would think that he would be the guy. It wouldn't be, well, if we don't get him, we're going to go spend it elsewhere. I think he's the specific guy because of the links to Elias and because of what he brings to you more than just on the field. I, I think that that was a valid point. Well, and I also thought the part about the the, the an out clause was very relevant too, mm-hmm. right? There can't yeah. be a soonish out clause because that doesn't work for the Orioles in their timeline. Right. They're not winning the World Series next year. They're not winning the World Series the year after that. Right. We're looking at the three to five year range, even with Carlos Correa. And again, I'm putting this. We're, I'm still struggling with accepting any of this as being legit. How could, how could you not? Right, like that? I have to. I ha- right. and no, this is not a knock on Raul Ramos. I want to make that very clear. He is a legitimate reporter, um, a member of the Baseball Writers Association of America. There is nothing in any world that leaves me to to be skeptical of him whatsoever. It's just I'm skeptical of everything because the Orioles have never spent this money on a baseball player. I, I have to be skeptical of it. Um, I, I say all of this to follow up by saying they have to be, even with this hypothetical Carlos Correa, the timeline, the, the pitching stands out, mm-hmm. that the timeline isn't there. Would Carlos Correa's presence help your pitching too? Probably. I mean, let's not pretend like Carlos Correa is Omar Vizquel, but he's definitely a good defensive shortstop. There's no question about that. He helps you. But does he suddenly turn, you know, the insert name of guy they've thrown out there to Keegan Aiken? Does he suddenly turn Keegan Aiken into a high-level major league starter? No, probably not. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I... Anything's possible, right? You know, John Means wasn't supposed to be a high-level major league starter. But does does Carlos Correa alone make these fringe guys suddenly very high levels? No. No, that's not it, – it's certainly not reasonable to assume that. They would still have a pitching problem. They would still likely be a couple of years away even with Carlos Correa. So Raul Ramos's point of um, – yeah, we, we don't have to take a break. We can go to uh, Patrick here in a second. Raul Ramos's point that even with a Carlos Correa in the fold, you can't have a quick out in the contract makes sense, especially also if you're front-loading the contract. That wouldn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, And front-loading it would be a logical thing to do because you've got pre-arbitration players right now. So if you're going to spend the money, why not spend it now? And then when your players become... When Adley Rutschman becomes arbitration eligible, the numbers start to go down for a Carlos Correa. If you're asking me to bet, I am, of course, still betting against it. Speaking of which, Simply the Bets moves to Tuesday starting this week, and we'll get to that later on. It's brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. We'll get to that later on in the program. If you're asking me to bet, I am, of course, betting against. Am I more willing to believe it than I would have been 24 hours ago? Yeah, of course. Of course I am. Am I at 50-50? No, I'm not at 50-50 yet. Is it worthy of a conversation if a credited baseball reporter puts out there that the Orioles have made an offer? And that's that was very clear. Of that dollar figure to Carlos Correa, we got to discuss that. So we did. A credible, legitimate 
credentialed baseball reporter has made that report and clarified it with us that the offer was put on the table. They have made a legitimate offer to Carlos Correa. Will it happen? Again, I'd, I'd still bet against it, but I think it's relevant. All right. We will shift gears. Continue on here in hour number one of the program. Uh, it was a big night last night at Towson, obviously, as they clinched the CAA number one seed in their share of the regular season title. They get ready for the CAA tournament. Our uh, next guest was there. He actually did a double dip as uh, he was at Towson, and then he got over and checked out Morgan State as well. He joins us every Tuesday. He's our friend, Mr. Patrick Stevens, and he's with us now here on GCR. Patrick, what's going on, sir? How are you? Oh, well, I'm sad that there's no more two-site doubleheaders in my right? future this basketball season. Right. Well, there, yeah. wait, there's no other basketball games happening in D.C. this weekend that you could somehow? Well, there are, I said multi, multi-site. Okay. Well, no, I mean, like, there's, there's no, are none of the other teams home this weekend? It's, that you actually, could... it's actually a pretty lean weekend for ah, teams being home. Ah, like Mason's a... the only team that's home. Maryland's on the road. Georgetown, in case you wanted to you know, sort of torture yourself yeah, why would on you, the road. Why would you want that? <laughs> so. um, all right, let's start with Towson. Before we get into the tournament, just the context for you of what they did in going from a miserable season. And I know everything about last year was weird throughout the sport, but a miserable season a year ago to becoming CAA regular season champs. For the average person that doesn't follow on a day-to-day basis – is this as wild as as some people would believe it to be? Was there reason to think maybe this was coming more so than clearly that the folks in the CIA, CAA believed at the beginning of the year? Give us the full context for what it is that Towson did this season. Well, I didn't see it coming, and, and some of that comes down to the fact that I didn't know how good Camp Holton was. Sure. Um, I think that was as much as, of all the additions that they had, I think that's the one that probably had the greatest impact, even more than Terry Nolan Jr., who who had some injuries, but was, was you know, he's, he's back playing now. I think the other thing you didn't see coming was Charles Thompson becoming a double-double machine. I don't know that we saw that coming I mean, in, on, on Christmas. You know? I was going to say, six, six weeks ago, that right. didn't seem likely. It's, it's really one of the more remarkable in-season blossomings that you could imagine. That said, if you line up what... Towson has done under Pat Scary, and I'll just run through the win totals mm-hmm. um, since his, after his first year when he had nothing to work with and won one game. 18, 25, 12, 20, 20, 18, 10, 19, and then last year's four and 14 seasons. So it's like there's a reset every two or three years, which, you know, for those of us that followed college basketball before, like, Five years ago, yep. that's sort of how a lot of these programs work. That you would have, you know, a two or three year run with a core group of guys, uh, and, and then you just sort of had to rebuild and, and probably take your lumps for a year. So, you know, I thought last year, I didn't think they would be as bad as they were last year, but I also kind of looked around the CAA at the start of the season and thought, gosh, you know, like Delaware has all these dudes back, and Drexel won the tournament last year, and they've still got Cam Winter, and James Madison has a bunch of guys back, even though they lost the player of the year. And and Northeastern's never bad, never, ever, ever bad, and and they're bad this year. So you kind of looked around and thought, you know, like Towson, or can they really get that much traction? And I thought the same thing in UNC Wilmington. And those are the two teams that shared the regular season title. Uh, so, is it a surprise that they're twenty-four and seven? I mean, and all those wins being over Division One opponents, I-, I can't say I saw that coming. But it- is it a surprise that they would be at least back in the mix in the middle of the league? That that would not have stunned me in the slightest. Uh, the thing that's most impressive about Towson, you couldn't have seen coming 
is that they're just so darn fun to watch on offense. Which yeah. has really not been the case for them over the last several years. So, I, you know, I, I guess the way we say I there is every reason to suggest that Towson is the team to beat going into the CA tournament, right? I mean, like the way that they have played over the last couple of weeks and pounding Wilmington on the road, pounding Madison on the road the other day. Um, I, I think that everything legitimately, I mean, you look at just the second half that they played last night, they quote unquote pounded Delaware, right? Um, yeah, I mean, that was, that was 40 to 19 right. after they <laughs> resumed play last night. And, it wasn't as if they just sort of took their time or anything. They no. it was seventeen two out of the shoot. Right. You know, and suddenly a nine point deficit is a six point lead and you're like, this could be a fifteen point game. Yep. You know, like like that 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 did not seem out of the realm of possibility, you know, even by the time they got to just after about the under sixteen timeout, you know, you know, Delaware calls a timeout and what happens? Terry Nolan steals the inbounds pass and scores. Yep. That is not what Martin Inglesby told Delaware. To yeah, I'm, I'm going to guess. Out. I wasn't yeah. in that huddle. Right. That's not what he told him to I, do. I think that's a reasonable guess, Patrick. I, you know, but this is where we got to – this is still a different animal, right? This is still going and trying to win three basketball games in three days. And it, 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 is, it is difficult, and it's something that Towson hasn't done for quite some time. Yep. Um, you know, and, and, and frankly, if we were to sit here and, and really dissect, uh, you know, the performance under Pat Scary over the years, you know, I think you have to be very impressed with just about everything other than conference tournament. Right. Uh, you know, that has been a real Achilles heel for Towson. Uh, got to the semis a couple times, but it, it is, it has not been a source of success. But you look at, you look at, like you said, how they're playing. But even over the course of the full season, I'm looking at the Kempom numbers now. You know, on a per hundred possession basis, they are scoring more than four points more than any other team in the league. On And then on defense, they are preventing more than six and a half points per hundred possessions better than any other team in the league. So, you know, they're getting it done at both ends of the floor. There's not an obvious shortcoming for this team. You know, they're a 73.5% foul shooting team in league play. They probably have a couple more turnovers than they'd like, but it's not too egregious. And, and defensively, you know, maybe opponents get to the foul line more than you'd want, but Towson plays physical, and that's going to happen. So, but overall, you just look at it and you think that they have all the pieces. They're deep. You know, they're they're better situated to play that third game, and that's kind of similar to what they were two years ago when they lost in the quarterfinals. You thought, you know, if Towson could get to Tuesday, they're going to have an advantage because of their depth. Right. I, I mean, I think that depth is going to help a ton throughout. And I think that getting the one seed and playing either a, a terrible William and Mary team or a Northeastern team that hasn't been great but did pick off Towson earlier in the season, uh, that and those teams, whoever's advancing, had to play less than 24 hours earlier. A huge advantage over being the two seed and having to deal with an Elon team that suddenly has found its spunk uh, and just swept Hoster and Northeastern on the road. So. You know, you, you get there, then you get Delaware or Drexel rather than a Hofstra team potentially or a Wilmington team. Uh, if they're the two seed, they might be facing Hofstra in the semifinals, and I happen to think Hofstra's the second best team in that league. Uh, if you basically uh, ran the thing over and over and over again, rather than just the one time we did, so yeah, I, I think that Towson's in the right half of the bracket. Yeah, and so you you isolate Wilmington and Hofstra and a deep Charleston team and that Elon team I mentioned earlier, and you throw them on the other half of the bracket, and so you have a deep Towson team that could potentially play one of them on Tuesday. I, I like Towson's chances. That said, you know, 
tournaments are weird things, yep. and we already mentioned, you know, Towson's recent tournament issues in the CAA. So it really is a one-of-the-time situation for the Tigers heading into D.C. The uh, the tournament for Towson gets underway Sunday at noon down in D.C. and an opportunity to go down and, and maybe watch Towson end this uh, over three-decade-long drought of uh, the NCAA tournament over the course of Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday at the, uh, the G League Arena, the Entertainment and Sports Arena in D.C. Patrick Stevens is with us here on GCR. All right, let's cover uh, the rest of the outlook in the Patriot League. Navy's the two seed. Loyola, boy, really fell apart other than the one game where you and I saw them at home against Lehigh. And, I, you know, boy, what a what a mess it was otherwise for them down the stretch. I, I imagine, you know, you, you have to feel like with that defense, Navy has a legitimate chance to, to try to figure out a way to win three games and it does not look great for Loyola's chances of doing the same. No, I mean, I, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start with Loyola first, which, you know, over the course of the season has been, been a better defensive team than an offensive team. But overall, you look at that, that was a team that was 5-1 and one in the Patriot League. It loses nine of its last 12. It, it's, it's not the way you want to be heading into the postseason. You know, you, and just the way that you, the last week went, basically – the loss to Navy on a steal and score at the last second, basically, and then you know essentially a no show against yeah. American. I mean that game was I think thirty five fourteen at halftime. It was I think uh, I think American scored two touchdowns before Loyola got on the board. Uh, that that's just not the way you want things to go. And so it's been let's face it, we've talked about it before. You know this was a, a team that was kind of built to have Santi Aldama around, and Santi Aldama ended up. Uh, as a first-round NBA pick, so that's great for him, great for the program's you know sort of reputation, but not great for how this team was going to ultimately unfold. And also, you look at injuries to a guy like Milos Ilic, uh, you know that doesn't help either. So uh, you kind of look at that, and Alonzo Foray hasn't played a whole lot here uh, since the start of January, and, and that's sort of somebody I think that kind of got. His absence has been overlooked a little bit, just how valuable he was as a reserve in the front court and being out and what have you. So you know, I, I, I think that the Boston University matchup is not a great one for Loyola. Um, so that, that could very well end here Thursday night. And as for Navy, like you said, the defense is fabulous. Uh, you know that they're probably going to keep pretty much anybody other than Colgate in check. I mean, you go back and look and see you know, how many points they've given up in, you know, over the last month or so. They have a 45, a 63, a 55, a 44, a 49, a 46, a 55, a 50, and then 74 up at Colgate, which speaks to how good Colgate is. So I, I like Navy being able to hold serve, certainly against Holy Cross or American, two teams that they've seen recently, and they lost to Holy Cross at home a couple weekends ago. And then after that, you know, probably BU, BBU or Loyola, and then if they can get past that far, it'll probably be another trip up to Hamilton. But – the possibility exists if somebody can pull a surprise, sure. maybe a Lehigh, maybe an Army, uh, that, that Colgate might get knocked off and, and Navy could potentially host a Patriot League final next week. That would be Wednesday uh, Wednesday night, uh, so Navy the two-seed in that one. And the rest of the locals all still have regular season games to play. Uh, you saw Morgan last night and Okapin beat a, a bad Delaware State team, too. Um, they play again, uh, which is, you know, it's Cobb and Morgan, right? So there's always yep. a reason to be there on a th on Thursday night. Are are either of those teams interesting to you going into their postseason tournaments? Well, I, I might not have said that necessarily before last night, but, 
you know, I got to I got to Hill Fieldhouse just in time for the opening tip off, and it's a good thing I did because it was twenty one four in the blink of an eye. Right. Uh, you know, it was it was a really impressive performance for Morgan State against a, an Eastern Shore team that had begun the night as the number three uh, efficiency defense team in the MEAC. They're down to number three as a result of that performance. Uh, you know, Morgan still has a lot of guys. You know, Lagio Gronson had a great game last night. Malik Miller has, you know, I've, I've extolled his virtues for the last several years. Love watching a guy that energetic play. You know, they've got a lot of guys that were either high major guys or near high major guys. Trevor Moore was at Cincinnati. Uh, you know, we saw uh, Seventh Woods start last night. He's former North Carolina and South Carolina guy. Uh, and then, of course, Detorian Ware. Uh, you know, a true appreciation of the guy it was probably hard to come by based on you know sitting at home last year. He is a interesting player to watch. He had 17 points last night. He was one of the top players in the league last year. Uh, and I think Morgan, you know, right now they've won three in a row for the first time all season. They get that game against Coppin, and they picked off the best team in the league in Norfolk State. So they have to feel like they can beat just about anybody in the conference. So I think they're a really interesting variable heading into that MEAC tournament. And with an eight-team league, now you're down to only having to win three games rather than four if you're in the bottom half of the conference, like you would have been, unlike what you would have been in the past. Uh, and, all right, and look, I guess we should cover Maryland bravely because that was unexpected, I think is the best way to say it, what they did on Sunday, but I, I just don't know what it means much more than that, Patrick. <laughs> I think I think what it means is it, it means that this team had a really nice moment. Yep. That's... And, you know, they have something that they could genuinely feel good about. You think about... You know the the they they they've had a couple other decent victories along the way. You sure. know, beating Richmond was nice. Beating Florida and Brooklyn was nice. Beating a, a depleted Illinois team. Credit to them for for taking advantage of the opportunity. But this was a situation where they just played really really well, and yep. Ohio State had no answers. And you know I didn't really trust Ohio State defensively to begin with, and I, I certainly don't after watching that game. But credit to Maryland for playing as well as it did. We've seen so many times over the years where Maryland had some sort of event where they either brought back the final four teams or they were honoring lefty or they were honor, you know, honoring the bias family earlier this season in that Virginia tech game. And it just, it just kind of petered out. It was not a good performance. And this time with the national championship team back in the building, you know, Maryland played the way that you kind of hoped they could have from the start of the season. And, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to if, if both Fats Russell and Eric Ayala play well, you know, they can play with just about anybody. But it's hard for two guards to get 20-plus points in a game uh, at any point. They've done it only four times this season. So Vermont, Northwestern, Rutgers, and now this Ohio State game. So at the very least, it's, it's something that, A, gives that team an accomplishment it can feel good about. It also gives them an outside chance of at least finishing 500. You know, they can get back to 500 tomorrow with – with a, a not great Minnesota team coming to town, I, I don't know if senior night in East Lansing is a particularly ideal yeah, situation for any team right. to have to go deal with. Right. But at the same time, if they've won four out of five, maybe they get that, and, and just as significantly, maybe they can win a game or two in the Big Ten tournament uh, and, and walk away, you know, above five hundred and, and avoiding that sort of fate of of legitimately being the the weakest team that Maryland's fielded in almost three decades. 
So there's that, right? <laughs> I mean, that's that's what it is. Uh, quickly, I was throwing a name yesterday, and I just want to get your thoughts on it. Uh, Dan Bonner was uh, championing Dennis Gates from Cleveland State as a head coaching candidate at Maryland. Um, certainly would be after the, the top list of candidates. But I said before, like, after, you know, you, if you call around to the Andy Enfields and the Ed Cooleys and the Kevin Willards and they just decide they're happy and they don't want the job – you know, where do you go from there? Is is three years of success at Cleveland State enough that Dennis Gates should be considered as qualified for um, a job like Maryland? Well, I'll tell you this much: when when they when he took over, he took over under weird conditions at Cleveland State. Cleveland State ousted Dennis Felton, the, the former Georgia coach, in the middle of the summer back in back in 2019. And so it was an odd time to get a hire, uh, and they were not—they were not good. They did not have much going for them. I remember seeing them actually in D.C. They played in, in an event at the at the Mystics Arena um, in late November against UNC Wilmington in Eastern Kentucky, and I saw them win a 47-46 game, which I would rather not remember having watched. Seen. Mm-hmm. But that was a guy, you know, kind of watching them. I thought these guys are these guys are going to struggle to win five games all season, and he won eleven. I mean. You could have made the case that, that 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 was as good a coaching job as anybody in that league did that year, and they went eleven and twenty-one. So to then to jump and be a first round or a you know an NCAA tournament team last year, be a number one seed in the Horizon League this year, he's done really good work. You know, he's got an excellent you know background, having worked for Leonard Hamilton for as long as he has. That's a guy that has a chance to to have a really really good career whenever he gets the opportunity to step up. I, I think a lot of people, a lot of people could do a lot worse than hiring Dennis Gates to run their basketball program. On the lacrosse front, Maryland remains good. Uh, Loyola, a, a bummer against, we, we have to acknowledge, it's a really good Rutgers team, obviously. I mean, Rutgers is very legitimate. Um, just kind of a kind of a, a weird spot for Loyola to be in, sitting at 0-3. I, I don't know how much panic there should be about Loyola necessarily. Obviously, the goalie situation still continues to be you know, kind of bizarre, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and Charlie Toomey said after the game Saturday, he feels like it's going to be Sam Schaefer getting the nod against Towson here tomorrow. Uh, and so I think that for, for Loyola, stabilizing that spot is important. And yep. Sam Schaefer was always the guy that made the most sense to be able to stabilize it, given the fact that he did it last year, uh, given the fact that he had played considerably in 2020 before that season got canceled. Uh, if you're Charlie Toomey, you, you throw. You, I don't want to say you throw out the first game, but you just sort of acknowledge, okay, this team isn't as good as Maryland right now. Yeah. I mean, if you feel like you're only a goal shy of Hopkins and Rutgers, which is what the scoreboard said the last two Saturdays, you know, you're not in a terrible spot if you're loyal. Now, what you do have an issue of is you increasingly, as each of these games goes by, you increasingly put yourself in a spot where you're probably going to have to win the Patriot League tournament if, if, if you can't pick somebody off. And right. I don't know if Towson's going to be of much help there. might be a little bit. But in, unless they get Duke or Georgetown uh, in, in their remaining non-conference games, it, it's going to come down to can they win the Patriot League tournament. And, you know, when you look around the Patriot League, Lehigh's 1-2 and two and has lost to Hobart and Cornell. They're getting close to you're going to have to win the Patriot League tournament territory. Uh, and Army had a, you know, a loss to Rutgers as well. Uh, they might still be able to stitch together something of a non you know, an out of conference profile for their resume, but it's increasingly looking like that 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 Patriot League tournament and being able to host that Patriot League tournament 
is going to have immense value come May. There might not be that fallback of, oh, by the way, we can just land an at-large bid. And Remember, too, the Ivy League's back in play this year, so that's probably going to somehow take at least one at-large berth away that somebody wasn't taking away last season. All right, it's time for our game. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB teams that this particular player has played for? We continue to be in a, a very difficult situation with our four, five or more team guys because they're just not overwhelming. Uh, this week, Patrick, I give you a two-time All-Star, uh, a man who once led the league in being hit by uh, pitches in, in 2005. He led the league as he was hit by a pitch 22 times during the course of the season. You're, you're, real, you're really dredging at this point. Uh, Patrick, I have acknowledged this for some time that we are dredging. Six stops, none longer than three seasons, for Shea Hillenbrand. Yeah, I, Patrick, this is where we are, man. At some point, we're just going to bag it and do four-team guys only because the five-team guy list is brutal. All right, well, Shea Hillenbrand was definitely in Boston. Most certainly was for three seasons. I feel like, and gosh help me if I'm wrong, but I feel like he was a Dodger. He was a Dodger for 20 games. How you got his shortest stint, I'm not sure, but he was a Dodger. Did he end up in Toronto? He did end up in Toronto. See, I remember that one. I remember one other of these, but I don't I didn't remember the Dodgers, so credit to you. You're halfway okay. there. So do I vaguely remember him as a brewer? Not as a brewer, no. Not as a brewer. Not as a brewer. Okay. Um was he out in the desert in Arizona? He most certainly was for two seasons. That's the other one I remembered. So by the way, you're four for six on Shea Illenbrand, no matter what you do here. I call that a massive victory. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Where else was Shea Hillenbrand? You know, I feel like there there's one somewhat nearby that I'm forgetting or overlooking, but I'm not entirely sure about that. And it would be just a dart throw if I tried it. So why don't I throw out Atlanta? Not Atlanta, no. The, actually, the, it's the you should have gone the opposite way. The other two are also out on the coast. Uh, the Angels and the Giants were the other okay, two stops. I, I for, for do not remember that. No, no, why would you? Why would anyone? I'm not sure the Hillenbrand family remembers such things. Um, all right. Well, I had a a potential, uh, you know, a, a Hall of Fame caliber player for you, but instead, I don't. You didn't four for six on Shea Hillenbrand. We don't have to go that the, the super easy route. How about instead? Um, we go with a man who finished uh, in the top twenty of MVP voting three times, and a man. From right here in Baltimore at Milford Mill. Played football a little bit, too. Four teams for Brian Jordan. Well, Brian Jordan definitely played for the Braves. Most certainly. And the Cardinals. Most certainly did. I'm fairly sure he was a Dodger, He most certainly was. This was the one I didn't know if you would remember or not because it was only 61 games, and I didn't remember it. Yeah, I don't know. That, um... What what year are we talking about? We are throw, talking throw me about that we are talking about 2004. He was an off-season signing in 2004 before he went back to Atlanta to finish his career for two seasons. He spent one season must have been injury plagued because he only played 61 games in 2004 uh, here. 2004. Um gosh. Brian Jordan. Brian Jordan might have been a How's about we take a stab with uh, feeling like he's a National League guy? Um, 
but I might be wrong about that. Let, let's 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 go with the Cubs. Ah, unfortunately, it was his only stop in the American League. It was with the Texas Rangers for 61 okay. games in 2004. Did you did you remember that? I don't remember that at all. I, don't I have that. no recollection of Brian Jordan playing with the Texas Rangers. I remember Rangers. it now that you say it. Yeah, okay. It wasn't all there right. very – but right. I never would have pulled it from my memory. What's the schedule for you, sir? Uh, headed to UMBC for their regular season finale tonight against Binghamton. Uh, UMBC in position right now to go claim the two seed – in the uh, in the America East tournament with a victory, so that would that would be helpful in that it would at least keep them home for two rounds before uh, before uh, having to deal with um, Vermont in all likelihood yep. in a in a title game tomorrow. Um, Maryland for Senior Day for Eric Ayala and company down in College Park, and then Thursday still sort of sorting that one out, but I'm kind of leaning towards Morgan and Coppin right now just to get one more look at those teams. Could end up at Navy for a Patriot League quarterfinal, too. Uh, and then over the weekend, Mason and UMass on Saturday, and then the CA tournament, I'll, I'll make my way down to D.C. on Sunday, Monday, and, and probably Tuesday as well. Definitely so long as Towson's around. At Discourse, D1S Course on Twitter. Of course, the Washington Post for brackets, USA Lacrosse Magazine as well. Patrick Stevens, always appreciate it, my friend. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday, all right? Awesome, Glenn. Take care. Patrick Stevens joining us as he does every week. Boy, I am really far behind today. I couldn't be more behind. I have not taken a break, and it is already 11, 12 a.m. Not ideal. Uh, Stan the Fan Ross Grimsley caught up with MLB scout Shane Turner last night. Nice conversation that they had. If you missed it, you can go right now to facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Click on the videos tab or go to pressboxonline.com slash video and see it there. Stan's always doing a couple shows per week for you. He's got another one coming up this Thursday night. He and Gary Stein chat with newsmakers every Thursday night. And this week they'll have the great Bruce Cunningham joining them Thursday night. Uh, Stan and Gary chatting with Bruce before he officially retires. When we come back in, I'm going to get to your responses. We've gotten a lot of them, a lot of Carlos Correa chatter. We will talk about it next. Cass has a top five. Also, some people calling out Cass for uh, the shirt that she's wearing. There's so many different reasons why you're getting called out. One, because, you know, we're in Baltimore. And secondly, because you've alleged yourself to be a Cowboys fan. And then, stop, we'll talk about it. Stop, stop, we'll talk about it. Cass, I don't know what this is about, but she's getting called out for it. That'll uh, that'll all be on the all be on the docket next. Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1 800 Gambler or visit MD Gambling help.org that first sip that first bite mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms 
The newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farms stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Let's have you Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, Cass, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you 20 seconds to try to defend the particular shirt that you wore to the studio today, given the fact that it's no one again, no longer the name of the team. Not Two, you're here in Baltimore, and three, more importantly, and I think the biggest issue here, you're an alleged fan of the alleged. Dallas Cowboys. Okay, one. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Not from Baltimore. I, that, okay, I understand I don't that. I care willing, about I, the Ravens, so that doesn't mean anything. I mean, I would to like me. to hope that after being here for a little while, you might be willing to at least like have a passing. Hey, no. I. Or yeah, at least the wherewithal to not say I don't care about the Ravens on a yeah, right? show. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, to be it's aggressive not, about it. It's not my team. I, mean, I understand that. But have to be, I been to a Ravens game? Yeah, I used to work for the Ravens. I, I used to work for Ravens but you're, games. You're going after the people that are listening to this are all Ravens I'm fans. I'm so sorry, Ravens fans. I am not a Ravens fan. Okay. I'm sorry if right. that upsets you. We'll deal anyone. with that. But you're okay. also not, you're not wearing a Denver Broncos right. shirt either. Okay. Yeah. But, like, here's the thing. I like mm-hmm. that trip way better than that. Yeah. Yeah. The, what I, I'm just saying, like, it's a nice sweatshirt. It's a mm-hmm. crew. This and a crew. It's a crew neck. <laughs> it's a crew. It's a crew neck. Yeah. And to be honest, I dated a girl who was on the crew. <laughs> Funny. I know nothing. Of, I dated a girl who was a rower. I'm not kidding. Like, I went. I'm like, this is boring as sin. I don't know why. I could not. I. I Must have had a wide back. And that, I don't. I don't remember. I gotta be honest with you, Paul. I never paid a lot of attention to that. She rode. She rode. She rode crew for Washington College. Um, cool. I think she was good, but I'm not really sure. Like they don't have stats that tell you whether or not someone was good. It's just all everybody's kind of her, rowing. Her, her rows per meter are un. Unmatched. Yeah, I mean, I had no idea how to judge it, but I just remember going out for what do they call a regatta? Is that what they call it? I remember going out for one and being like, "This is what are we doing here?" I remember feeling really bad for her family because they had to go to all of them, right? Oh, I'm, like, I'm like, God, this just has to be boring as sin. Then I ended up dating somebody who was into jumping horses and married her. So I've had a really strange run of athletes that I've dated in my life. Anyway, go ahead. All I'm saying, if there was a vote and it was like, 
would you change the name or keep it Redskins? I'd keep it Redskins. So point being is No, I would have stuck with Washington football team. That was fresh. That okay, was fresh. I would have kept hell. that I before like that. that. I mean, that. Commanders but I'm saying stinks, between yes. Commanders, Commanders and Redskins, yes. I would have chosen Redskins. And like, I don't know. It's been like it's a it's just a cool crew neck. Like I chose the, but you, the look of it. You over understand the like team. if you said to a Ravens fan, here's a cool looking Steelers crew neck, you should wear it. They would spit in your face. Okay, yeah, but those are the guys that like lose sleep over stats. No, those no, just, no. Just no, no. My wife no, couldn't. No. My wife couldn't name six players on the team right now. And if you suggested to her that she were, no, she could name six. She couldn't name ten. If you suggested okay, well, the to her, colors are ugly anyway, so I'd never wear them. But like, I'm just saying, <laughs> that's not the I, point. It's not my That's point so either. Are I you a Cowboys fan or not? Yes, Cass? diehard Cowboys There's fan. There's no this, way you're a die. Yes. Can't be no diehard and wear their biggest rival yes. sweatshirt. There is zero chance yes. you're a diehard die Cowboys hard. fan. Die hard. Been to the stadium, watched games, Christmas took a movie. tour it's of it. It's a phenomenal film. Nobody's arguing <laughs> with that. Yippee ki yay. It's that's, a that's cool. Her, that's her attitude brunette. when she puts on. That, she just doesn't. That yeah, right. Yippee ki yay. Yeah. yeah, ho ho ho. Now I have a machine gun. Come on, this is. Mm. I don't blame those that are calling you out, John. I'm with you. This what is. Did, what this did John is the exact, say? Hey, don't worry about it. You don't. You don't worry about it. Don't worry. Don't about be hating on the drip. Okay, that's all I have to say. Don't, don't hate on it. Don't worry about it. You know what? I wore this for a reason too. What's that? I planned this out. That's the crazy thing because I'm gonna wear my Cowboys. You'll, everyone's gonna see it. This is John, so weird. You're gonna see this it. So I'm wearing weird. my Cowboys on Friday. Also, Edge, I love you. I'm not freaking out about the word. I look. I have accepted that the reason why it is the team changed their name, and I I get it, and I think it's probably for the best. But I don't. I'm not the guy that's freaking out about the name. I'm freaking out because Cass alleges to be a <laughs> Cowboys fan. I. It's not that's alleged. The problem. I am a Cowboys fan. The problem fan. is she's an alleged. Cowboys fan. You'll see it on Friday. And she comes in uh, uh, wearing But look, this. it stirred you up, me wearing it today. Yeah, so. but that's not... Is that is that what you think is... This is what passes as content in the world. This is the conversation we were having about it literally makes the, my the head Paul hurt. brothers last week. This isn't anything. This is you not having any standards whatsoever. No moral. You have zero scruples. Mm-hmm. You are completely unscrupled. Mm-hmm. Scrupulousness. God. Ridiculous. All right, we'll get to Cassidy's top five in a second. Maybe it'll be other other things, other societal norms that she does not care for whatsoever. Maybe that'll be her top five list today. Today's show is also brought to you by Glory Days Grill, home of the smoky thigh wings and all the other delicious food. You're thinking about uh, what it is that you're going to do during the course of the first weekend of the tournament. I would encourage you to get carry out from Glory Days literally every day or just hang out there at Glory Days and watch the games there. One or the other. I don't care which way you go. It's going to be delightful either way. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website for you to find out more. Let me try to go through some of these responses that we've gotten. Uh, Chris. Chris, I've already covered this. Uh, LOL, uh, this feels like when the Orioles claim they really tried to get Mark to share. I already brought that up. I already brought that brought that up. Um, and Raul Ramos uh, uh, absolutely covered that. If they offered, if that, if his report is true, and again, I have no reason to d- doubt Raul Ramos. I can't, I'm not reporting it myself. He's reporting it. If they put a 10-year, $350 million offer on the table for Carlos Correa, it ain't a damn thing like Mark Teixeira. It ain't mm-hmm. similar to Mark Teixeira. It's, the Mark Teixeira thing is why I'm more naturally skeptical about it. But it ain't anything like that. 
if they actually put a 10-year, $350 million offer on the table for Carlos Correa. The, 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 the comparison is completely lost altogether if that part of the story is true. And that was part um, of, of why it is that I needed to, to kind of ask that question and get it defined. Because, again, that Google Translate on his report in Spanish left their ambiguity that it could both be that they were interested and the number that it's going to cost to get Carlos Correa is X amount of dollars. He made it abundantly clear, no, this is the actual offer that they have put on the table is for uh, 10 years and for $350 million. So, you know, that's the end of that debate. And if that's the case, then again, I can't say this enough. I, I need to make it abundantly as abundantly clear as I possibly can. If that is the case, then there is no comparison to Mark Teixeira. I'm sorry, our, our mentions are being crushed today, so i got to pull them up somewhere else. Um, other responses that have come in uh, this morning. Yeah, I mean, th- a lot of people are going this this route. One, you know, the, the, the Orioles are looking to spend more on Correa than, in 2022 than they did in the entire 2021 roster. That's, these are the reasons why we're skeptical, right? Like, we're skeptical because a team never spending money and suddenly spending this amount of money on one player seems insane. But we also know there is a connection to this one player. Mike Elias was part of the regime that drafted Carlos Correa. And it might very well be that this one player is the one player they uniquely look at and say, if we're ever going to spend this money, I'm going to lay myself on the line and say, this is the guy that's worth spending it on. And I certainly hope that's not the case. If they don't get Carlos Correa... I hope that at some point they're willing to spend the type of money it costs to have transcendent baseball players. As a couple of people brought up and I brought up earlier in the show, the the toughest part about this is the direct comparison to Manny Machado. There's no getting around that. Not being willing to spend money on Manny Machado, who is to me unquestionably a better baseball player than Carlos Correa all around. And all around... I'm not trying to present it as though it's, you know... Mike Mike Trout versus Jeff Rebelay, but I think there would I don't know who could argue that Carlos Correa was a better baseball player than Manny Machado, whereas I think everyone can argue that Manny Machado is a better all around baseball player than Carlos Correa. So it's a tough look to be the team that wouldn't spend the money, let Manny Machado completely walk away and wreck you in the process, get nothing in exchange for him. We gotta be honest about that and yet then turn around and spend the money on Carlos Correa. More money, right? What was the number for Manny Machado? He got it was, 10 years, $300 million. Yeah, this is so more money. More money. More money on Carlos Correa, who we don't think is as good of a baseball player. That's real. I mean, that's a real thing that stands out. Now, we all know the reality of it. This, these aren't the same decision makers. We believe at any level. The guy making the final call ownership-wise, is different. The guy making the final call baseball-wise is different. The manager of the team. Every level of leadership has changed since that point. So I don't know what would have happened if Mike Elias was running the team and John Angelos was running the team. I don't know what would happen if John Angelos was running the team and Dan Duquette was. I don't know. I don't know. It's, a, it's definitely cannot be dismissed. It's a weird look. Everything about it is bizarre. But that doesn't mean inherently that it can't be understood how something like that could happen. 
And from uh, Paul had a good one, but I'm sorry, I gotta go. F- we're, we're, our mentions are so crushed this morning that it's it's taking me a while to get back to all of these comments. I'm so I apologize to those of you that are trying getting in that are are regulars. I'm I'm very. It's just we've been overwhelmed because these Raul Ramos quotes have uh, been traded around the internet and everybody's talking about them. And I it's it's a good thing. Uh, Paul, hypothetically, if the Orioles sign Correa and then Adley and possibly Grayson get caught up over the summer. How much of a bump in attendance do you think that would give them? Fan base needs and deserves this jolt of positivity. I mean, overwhelming. Overwhelming. Not for for then, if they call up Grayson Rodriguez in the summer and the team's bad already, even with Carlos Correa and Adley Rutschman, there's a limit to that, right? Like, even with more watchable players on the roster, if you're not winning games... There's a limit to how many people just go out to watch because you have more watchable players on the roster. But there's no doubt it would be a bump. And what you're hoping is it would be a bump from you being the worst team in baseball to being a more competitive team. Not a team that's ready to go compete to win the AL East, but a more competitive, more compelling team. A team that's getting closer to where it is that you ultimately want to go. So you hope those things will come along with it. All right, we got to get to uh, Cass's top five because we got to wrap up the show by 1140 today because we got to get to Simply the Bets. So we got a lot going on uh, here on a Tuesday edition of the program. Cass's top five brought to you this week by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. What is your topic for your top five? Okay, so I was looking at a list of top, like, um, 20 most adored people, like, celebrity-wise. Okay. So I said that these are my top five that I actually disagree with that I can't stand. So where did this, do you know where this list came from originally? Um, I have it saved, but I don't know. Mm, mm, I would like to know that. I would like to know. All right, all right. Well, we'll, we'll skip. I'll, I'll just. I'll. Show all right. You later. We'll, we'll skip. We'll skip forward because we, have, for time concerns, okay. we'll, we'll 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 advance uh, due to time constraints. We'll advance further ahead in the in the program. <laughs> um, you, these are people that are beloved figures. Yes, people love, but that I you like, cannot can't stand. stand. Well, I'm like, looking forward to this. I'm interested in it because <laughs> this is quantified. Like if you bring up. Logan Paul, I'm just going to hate the world in which he is adored. <laughs> so every this actually is interesting to me for multiple reasons. So number five on your list. Oh, number five. Yes, we go. We build up the number one. Okay. The, the number the one that you most okay. disagree with. Elon Musk. Number five is mm-hmm. Elon Musk adored. That's what it was. He was on the list. He was on the list. Why can you not stay? I'm mostly indifferent to Elon Musk. He's rubbed me, me the too. wrong way a few times. I do appreciate that. I think he's. He's he's very compelling and interesting. Pretty sure he's an alien. That, yeah, yes. that part he makes almost me uncomfortable. True. Like if I'm being completely honest, something about him just makes me really uncomfortable and rubs me the wrong way. It's that he's an alien. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I've every time I listen to him, I think that he's kind of an a hole in my opinion. Like I don't know. I mean, he comes he comes off that way for sure. Of course. Now look, we also f you money. But you know? he also but he also deals with Aspergers, doesn't he? Like oh, I think okay. that's part of what makes him you know come off in a certain way yeah. is he is Aspergers. What's interesting to me, right? Like there there is a certain group of people that want to portray him as a hero when he decided he was like I'm going to reopen the plant, you know, in the aftermath of COVID because we uh, we need our staff to work. And I was like. Well, or you could just pay them and not profit because you're extraordinarily wealthy and you could help protect them right now. But 
you know, sure, we'll just go ahead with this idea that it's somehow heroic that you're keeping your plant open, which, again, I think there is room in there for debate about whether or not the world should have shut down the way that it did. I absolutely think there's room for conversation, but the notion that anyone, even no matter what your beliefs were, was trying to paint Elon Musk as some sort of hero because he was like, we're not going to shut down. I'll go work with them. Like, okay, chief, you're, you have so much money that you would not have a problem if you paused your production for a little while in order to try to help keep your employees safe. I think what I don't like him is he has, he's a very intelligent man. And he has a lot of money, right? So like, well, there's no debating. He, he's brilliant. Right, right. There's no so getting like, around why that. Why isn't he doing something more productive than like some of the stuff he does? I'm yeah, just like, like his, I'm like really okay. Like, I, I that's rep- what you do with I, your money. I have no problem with him like trying to create a private space company. Like I that's think fine. that's oddly in a weird way. I think it's admirable, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think that he does. I think Starlink is a great idea. The fact that he's already gotten it out to Ukraine to try to help them and what they're going on with mm-hmm. is. I think that's unbelievably admirable. Mm-hmm. But it's very hit or miss with me and what's admirable and what's not with Elon Musk. I actually thought he was okay when he hosted Saturday Night Live. I don't in any ways hate Elon Musk. I'm just mostly indifferent towards him. I'm like, I don't have like a hate for any, I don't, like, like I said, I don't have like, well, maybe I do have some hate for some of them. But like, I don't hate Elon. I just like, there's just something about him that just sets me off that like, if he comes on, I'm turning it off. Like, I don't care to watch. I don't like him. I don't understand why people are so like obsessed with him. Like, I think that he... Tries to do all these amazing things, and some of them are just, like, not that amazing. Like I hear the, you. Like, I hear you. the whole thing with, like, the car, the tank, or whatever he made, I was literally like, what is this? I, like, I, why? I got I think like, there's been quite a bit of that. All right, number four. Um, Michelle Obama. What? <laughs> For non-political reasons, let me just say so that So what do you right have? Against, I think she's, like, these are one of the most likable no, people that exists. No, What it, do you not like about Michelle Obama? I, I feel like every time I listen to her speak, like... Just like a shrill goes up my spine, but also it's like, I don't know, she does too much, like too much for me. And like she seemed like she was more of like this little smiley sidekick that was just kind of like, hi, like I'm Michelle Obama and I'm going to use my personality to like win everyone over. But I thought everything was just so fake and like I couldn't connect with her. Like I literally was like, you're annoying. Please stop talking. Like I could care less what she had to say. She pissed me off every time she talked. I think that. Her whole thing with the school lunches was so stupid. Like she was like, everybody goes after that. I'm not opposed to like us trying to be healthier. I am just not healthier. It was like two shriveled up broccolis for you to eat. Like she took away French fries. I need to know. I need to know more about that. I need to know more about about it. But we'll move on because yeah, I I don't. Whatever your political, I just just, it's not political. Like no, 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 I'm not. I'm not saying that for you. I'm saying for other people. I just I can't fathom on a human level. I just there's nothing about her that comes off unlikable to me. It does for me, and, like, I just think, like, her and, honestly, her and Barack Obama, like, t- like their personalities is, like, they they were more fixated on their personalities than, like, political stuff, and that was my problem. It's, like, I just was, like, come on, like, okay, cool, you're, like, a Well, they definitely came off as celebrities, there's no question about like that. They just seemed more, like, celebrities. I felt like I, I had dis- Beyonce I in office. Right, I was, right, like, right, we, gotta, we gotta move forward. Okay. Three. Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. Ooh. Can't stand him. Ooh. Why? Probably reminds her of an ex-boyfriend or something. Mm. Not at all, actually. He's very handsome. Mm, yeah, I mean he's cute and he's like pro and whatever. Aren't there some allegations against him there that are is out there? A yeah, lot that of I think that makes it like I think that alone of, would be he enough. He has a for lot me. of mistresses. He invites a lot of okay, them but, to games. But again, mistresses doesn't bother me. You do that what, bothers you do me. your thing. You no, do whatever it is. Me. I'm not. What do you know about me? 
Do not kink shame. Not going to start the day. Whatever. That alone. But I thought there were some worse allegations that were out there I mean, about yes, Cristiano Ronaldo. There's some like sexual assault yeah, allegations that, as well. That's where it and is. And I don't there's like no, him for not, that as well. Not okay. But also not like okay. my thing is I feel like he's a robot. Like I hate watching him play. Like actually genuinely hate watching All him right, play. All right. Number two. Kendall Jenner. <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's much substance there for what That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, she, her like sister leaked a sex tape got famous and now her whole career going she war, earns going me. war on the Kardashians. I'm just saying like I think I like Kim way better than I like Kendall. I think there's more substance with Kim. Yeah, I think I she's mean, become she went to law right. school. Like, I think she's, she's trying. She's, like she's, she's doing fought for prison reform. I think mm-hmm. Kim Kardashian's actually done a lot of And then Kendall was like, "Oh, my whole family's famous. Let me try to go skinny and walk down a runway." Like it's like really <laughs> you like sa- really you, you sound like a mean girl right now. You I sound do like sound Lindsay like a mean girl Lohan and that's fine. Right like right, I'll num- deal with it. Number 1 on your list. Beyonce. <laughs> what? I can't stand Beyonce. <laughs> Thank you. I can't stand Beyonce. Thank you. I hate Beyonce. Thank She's you. Wonderful. All right, we got it. Uh, we're out of time. We got to grab a break. That's Thank fine. you, Papa Cast. That's her top five. The opinions of Papa Cast do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Glenn Clark. We'll come back in and we'll speed through tidbit two bit to wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MDGambling help.org that first sip that first bite mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Glory Days Grill's winter seasonal menu is back with comfort classics like their house-made meatloaf and short rib grilled cheese. It also features the center-cut sirloin with grilled shrimp, the char-grilled pork tenderloin, grilled meatloaf sandwich, smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, and a Brussels and bacon appetizer. All of these items pair well with Devil's Backbone 8-point IPA or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. And try their seasonal cocktails, Blood Orange Burger, Bourbon Cider, Apple Ginger Mule, and Captain's Hot Cider. Find out more and get your order in today at glorydaysgrill.com. Great food, good sports. The newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. 
The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. You like Serena Williams? How do you feel about her? All right, thank you. That's all right. We're good then. We can we can we can be all right. Okay. Serena Williams to me is one of the most important human beings on the face of the planet. So I think we'll be all right about this. Mm-hmm. I'm not like captain of the Bay Hive, but I just can't fathom hating Beyonce. I just can't fathom. Anyway, we got to move on. We got to move on because we're out of time. Thank you, Cass. It was, it was Cass's top five. All right, uh, tidbit brought to you today by Underdog Fantasy Football. Use the code PRESSBOX. Make your first deposit up to one hundred dollars. We'll match it with free money for you to play with. Maybe baseball contests. Maybe we're, we're getting there. We know there's basketball. There's hockey games to be played. You can feel like you're betting even though you can't bet on your phone or your computer yet with underdog fantasy football. What you got, Paul? All right, so this is about Towson. Towson at one point this year, they, they started their season going win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. Uh, so they were 3-3. Three and three. At one point, they were 9-5. and five. Since they started 9-5, and five, they are 15-2. and two. Of course, they captured the CAA regular season crown last night with yes. their victory. Um, and now they are the number one seed in the CAA tournament. They are indeed. Uh, not only is it their first regular conference title in the, C- in the CAA, but if they win the tournament, it will be their first conference tournament victory and first NCAA tournament appearance since 1991 when they made the tournament in back-to-back years. Uh this was a lot longer, but we're short on time. Uh, yep. Yeah. So, aside from the University of Maryland, can you name the last NCAA tournament appearances from each of the other seven Maryland? Is this a programs? year's question? You know damn well I can't do years questions. All right, but I can I can probably do in order. Okay. Right. I can probably go that route. Um, the most recent appearance would have been UMBC. No. Oh, because Mount St. Mary. You said state. Sorry, I'm thinking of local. Mount St. Mary's made it last year. So, yes. yes. If, we're, if we're saying the entire state, yes, Mount St. Mary's. Okay. Then UMBC before that. 2018, that's correct. Um, then Morgan before that. No. Mm. There's a team in between. Oh, because Loyola and 12. Yeah, Loyola, Loyola and 12, 12. right. Yep. And then Morgan before that, the Reggie Holmes teams. In 2010, yes. And then well, they made, and then Coppin was before that. In 2008. Um, then Navy would be before that. In 1998. And that's that. That's the yeah. whole list. Yes. University of Maryland Eastern Shore has never yes, made the Yes, correct. That's the entirety of the list because right. it gets back to Towson. You crushed it. Yeah, the, the years thing is just not. So, if there's some bizarre reason, like I happen to remember the Loyola thing because we just celebrated the tenth anniversary, so I remember mm-hmm. it was two, 2012. I also can associate that with when the Ravens won the Super Bowl, things along those lines. Unless right. the, just naming years, it's never it's, gonna. There's not much gonna else going thing. on, so yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It to, yeah. it's, it's fine, but it's fine. I'm fine with it. I was fine with it. All right, uh, print issue of press box available right now. Speaking of NCAA tournament, this is when Maryland won the NCAA tournament 20 years ago. We celebrate that anniversary. Go pick it up for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find press box or read it all. Pressboxonline.com. Tonight, ESPN Plus, uh, UMBC hosts Binghamton, 7 o'clock, their final regular season game. Mount St. Mary's lacrosse is at Georgetown on at 3 on Flow Sports. I'd start paying attention to Maryland baseball if I were you. They're 7-0. They are really good. They just went and swept a good Campbell team. Uh, Maryland baseball hosts Delaware this afternoon at 4 on Big Ten Network Plus. Also, uh, Big Ten Network Plus uh, for um, Maryland women's lacrosse. 
That's uh, coming up this afternoon as well. Also against Delaware, oddly enough, at 5 o'clock. Big Ten Hoops tonight, Nebraska and Ohio State at 7 on BTN. Michigan State, Michigan at 8.30 on Fox Sports 1. Purdue, Wisconsin at 9 on ESPN. The rest of the college hoops, find at glennclarkradio.com. NBC Sports Washington for Pistons, Wizards at 7. TNT, Hawks, Celtics, 7.30. Mavs, Lakers at 10. ESPN Plus and Hulu. Devils, Blue Jackets at 7. USA Network for WWE, NXT at 8. Anything non-sports-wise that stands out? Uh, the State of the Union is on like every station tonight. Um, oh, that's right. I forgot that was uh, tonight. Other than that, the Larry David story, part one and two, it's a documentary debut on HBO and stuff and things. All right. Very good. Find it all at glennclarkradio.com. Thanks today to uh, Raul Ramos, obviously significant, uh, really dove into the details related to the Orioles and Carlos Correa. Thanks to Patrick Stevens. We'll get that up in the greatest hits section of the tab at glennclarkradio.com. We'll check in with somebody uh, from Towson tomorrow morning. We gave them a reprieve this morning because they were very busy, but somebody from Towson is going to join us tomorrow. Drew Forrester will join us tomorrow, stuff and things. Anything else that we've got lined up? Um, yeah, we, we, we have, um, oh my gosh, I forgot his name, but it's a draft segment tomorrow. Oh, Chris Trapasso from CBSSports.com yeah, yeah. will join us to, for our draft segment this week. That's right. All right. Uh, thanks to everybody. At Pro oh, ta uh, Cass, plug your socials quickly. Oh, Instagram, Cassidy underscore Elizabeth22, and then Twitter, CassidyButler5. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, CIAA Tournament, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino and Hotel, Underdog Fantasy Football, Blue Line Canine, your local Toyota dealer, biotoyota.com. Thanks to Paul. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday night. Go UMBC. Go Maryland Baseball. And women's lacrosse. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. If you are with us on audio, do nothing. Give us 40 to 60 seconds. We'll be right back. If you're with us on video, give us the same 40 to 60 seconds. Refresh at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports, and you will be with us for Simply the Bets. And welcome into Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Glenn Clark, Paul Valley with you as we go through the week that is in sports betting. Of course, we're getting that much closer to the start of the NCAA tournament. Big UFC fight coming up this weekend. I think I might throw a couple bucks on that. I don't particularly like Colby Covington, and everybody seems to think he's going to win this fight, but we'll talk more about that during the course of the program. We start seeing some more um, prop bets coming up, like uh, in the FanDuel Sportsbook right now. NFL MVP prop bets are available for, or futures bets, for the 2022 season. Um, turned a couple of heads. Let me, I could, I'll pull those up at some point during the course of the show. Uh, but all those things are things that we will get to during the course of the program. Conference tournament bets are now available. If you want to bet on Mount St. Mary's to win the Northeast Conference, you can do that. They're at 9-1 to odds in order to win the NEC. They won the tournament a year ago. Maybe you want to, you're a fan, you want to stick a couple of bucks on it, you can. 
Navy sitting at 5-1 to one to win the Patriot League. You want to throw a few bucks on that, you could do it. Don't yet have odds out for the CAA tournament. I'm sure we'll get that during the course of the week. If those of you that are Towson fans want to throw, throw a few bucks on that, I'm sure we are just uh, days away from having odds for the CAA tournament. But we will cover uh, all of these things throughout the course of Simply the Bets. Later on in the program, we will check in with uh, FanDuel Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick. He will join us uh, in order to tell us more about the week that is in betting. In just a couple of seconds, our buddy Aaron Oster from VEASAN will offer us his picks for the week, his five L's of betting. We do that every week here on Simply the Bets. I will tell you that it was a mixed bag for me over the course of the last week. It's uh, it's been Aaron's been a little bit hotter of late uh, with some of the suggestions he's made, so I'm going to continue to ride his picks, I think, for a little bit. But it was a mixed bag for me this week in terms of uh, betting. Obviously, uh, a lot of people... What a uh, what a rough day it was for all of the Arkansas betters on Saturday, given the uh, the bad beat of the year with that three banked in at the buzzer by Kentucky in order to get the cover. Aaron Oster from VEASAN joins us every week on Simply the Bets, which, again, we will be doing on Tuesdays now moving forward, and we'll be announcing some more betting programming for you that we will be adding to the schedule here in the coming days. But let's check in with our buddy from Mountain Vegas right now. Aaron, what's going on, pal? How are you? I'm doing good though. I, I think you jinxed me a little bit last week. Uh, you were you were doing better. You were you were getting no, I'm there. I'm not even talking. I'm not even talking about my gambling. I'm mm. talking about you dropped a line about whether or not I'd see daylight during conference. Oh, week. oh, and how's that and, going? Well, here's the thing. Um, so conference tournament week started, or a conference tournament week. All the conference tournaments started. Yeah. And um, my daughter got COVID, so I'm. Stuck oh, in the you're house for you're a not going to be able to see. Oh, that's pretty funny. That's <laughs> pretty funny. You're not 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 funny at all. I hope your uh, your daughter's okay. I want to make that very clear. Yeah. Want to make that clear. Yeah. Uh, my uh, my kids just went through it a couple weeks ago. Uh, magically, I managed to avoid it somehow, like a COVID ninja. But um, you know, it sucks. There's not getting around that. It sucks. All right, um, we're gonna make some picks, uh, Aaron. Uh, remind me, you what did you hit on last week that I was happy about? There was something that I was really happy about uh, that you hit on last week. Towson. That's right. Towson. You, uh, you, despite the fact that it was a big number, you were like, yep. I got some confidence, and you had every right to be confident. Towson's been winning a lot of games by big numbers of late. Uh, may that continue for them as they get to the CAA tournament. But that also, was my, a good my long shot. My my long shot, Keith Mitchell, didn't end up winning. But if you played at top ten, that's right. That came through. That's right. Aaron was actually texting me updates related to Keith Mitchell, <laughs> which I appreciated. All right, uh, let's begin. Let's stay on the local front. Give me a local bet that you got your eye on. Um, so this one actually isn't quite up yet at Maryland Live, but I assume it's going to be up later to later today or at worst tomorrow, and, and that's the CAA tournament, and I, I'm looking at Towson here. I think this is the year for Towson. Nelson's a great team. Obviously, we talked about them a lot last week, and um, the CAA tournament is up at several other books, so I can kind of estimate where, what it's going to be at Maryland Live. It looks like it's going to be around Towson plus 125. And that's a bet that I'm more than happy to make. I would take that bet up to even money. I think that Towson getting the one seed is absolutely huge for them. They'll avoid Hofstra to the finals, which is the one team that probably could come up the works a little bit. Um, we know how good this team is. We know how good this team could be, you know, not just in the conference tournament, but in the uh, NCAA tournament if they make it there. 
And and so, yeah, I, I like Towson at any sort of even money, but I'm estimating that when it opens at Maryland Live, it's going to be plus 125. So, again, you not as, as Aaron puts out, it's not up yet, but hopefully at the uh, FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, you'll be able to get that money in in the coming days. Um, I, by the way, I, I part of me just wants to bet it for the sake of having the ticket, and that's part of the, one of the, the fun things for fandom when it comes to sports betting, right, is like when you get to double down and, and, and root for something for multiple reasons. It's why I'm so glad we're able to do it. So I almost certainly will end up putting a, a Towson winning the CAA tournament bet in myself in the coming days. Let's move on. Let's get to your uh, your long shot for the week. Give me your long, your underdog that you most like. You know, I'm really tempted to give out Maryland 110 to one to win the College World Series here mm. as my long shot. Wait, is that really not up? That... Can you bet that? Really? You you can bet that. Wait a second. It's... I did not know that. <laughs> And if Holy you want crap, to, you really can. You absolutely can. And you know what? If you want to sprinkle some money on it, I'm not against it because I think this Maryland baseball team is really, really good. good. The pitching is unbelievably legit in particular. Um, I, 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 I'm not ready. I'm not ready to do it, but I hear no, you. No, but at 110 to 1, if you want to sprinkle a little money on yeah, it, right? why, it, why not? Exactly right. Why, why not? You put, it, you put 10 bucks down, you can make $1,000 out of it. Like, sure. Exactly. Exactly. So my official long shot bet is actually, uh, you mentioned the team during this uh, little intro here, and I'm going to say uh, Arkansas gets to the Final Four at 12-1. to 1. It's not quite as big as some of the long shots I've been given out, but still over 10-1. to 1. And I, I think there's great value there. We've been seeing over this stretch just how good Arkansas really is. They kind of were overlooked early in the season after a little bit of a slow start. And the fact that, you know, this year, more than any year in recent memory, it really feels like every good team has that big star, whether it's Johnny Davis in Wisconsin, obviously, Chet Holmgren and Gonzaga, Jabari Smith at Auburn, I can go down the list. Mm-hmm. But every team has a real star, and Arkansas didn't really have that star. Well, over the past few days, uh, or games, J.D. Notes really kind of stepped up, if not into a star role, into a player that can really take control of the game. We saw it against Kentucky. We've seen it against Florida. We saw it all throughout this uh, stretch that Arkansas is on. And when I'm looking for a long shot, I'm, you know, a big thing I'm looking for is something where when two weeks from now, when the bracket is revealed, do I think that Arkansas is going to be 12 to one to make the final four? Right. I think as long as they aren't in Gonzaga's region, I think they will be better than 12 to one. Uh, and probably much better than 12 to one to make the final. Four. I think they are, at, you know, a rock solid, almost second weekend lock. And once you get there, if they're matched up against a, a Duke, you know, let's say they're a three seed, Duke's the two or something like that. Yep. You know, I could absolutely easily sing them make the final four. I think that when this comes out two weeks from now, they'll be seven to one, six to one to make the final four. So Arkansas 12 to one. I, I think it's a really great bet right so now. So for those of you that missed it, we did our, um, our social media videos if on, and you should be following live casino and hotel Maryland on all socials because we're giving out some advice over there. You would have cashed in on the Super Bowl had you been paying attention because we killed it on our props. Um, but I, the one that I threw out last week, and I get it, it's it's by no means a long shot. Of course, there's not a lot of money to be made, but at four to one, I am actually hammering Villanova in the Final Four. Um, I I love Colin Gillespie, and I love it's the thing I always come back to is point guard play when you get to the NCAA tournament and mm-hmm. playing close games. And knowing that you trust the player with the ball in his hands, I'm also sprinkling a little bit at 24 to one on them to win the national championship. I don't, 
I don't think I actually believe that they're going to win the title. And there is a sort of weird thing about Jay Wright where he either wins the title or he doesn't make a deep run. It's just sort of the way that it right. goes. Um, but I, I don't know. It's it's Gillespie. It's it's trusting the player who's the ball is in his hands late in games. And I just, for that reason, Villanova is the team that I am riding with right now. Makes sense. I, I'm kind of on the not side when it comes to Villanova. So I kind of put that, as you mm. said, you're mm. either all in on Villanova or you're all out. That's the way it tends to go. So I'm leaning towards the all out. There's something a little bit missing about the team. I totally understand why Colin Gillespie is awesome. You know, again, another player who, when you're talking about the top players, you have to find that star player. Colin Gillespie absolutely qualifies. Yep. As a, um, but I just, it's I more, and to me, it's more specifically about the decision making. It's way more specifically sure. about someone who I know is going to make good decisions and someone who I trust with the ball in their hands. And I get it. Like you point out in the non conference portion of the schedule, they got pounded by Baylor and um, they came up short against Purdue. They did beat Tennessee, if I remember correctly. Um, but like, it's not like yeah. they were overwhelming during the non conference. They, they lost an overtime game against UCLA. Um, but man, I just. Boy, every time. I, I, I get having a star player and a guy that can score a bunch of points, right? But more than anything, I get the guy that's going to do the right thing with the ball. Like, that when when you are in crunch time, you're going to make the decision that you need to make in order to win a game. That's that's the thing that jumps out to me most. All right, let's... I mean, and Villanova is that stereotypical team for sure. Yep, no doubt about it. All right, uh, let's move on. Your long-term bet for the week. Give me your futures bet that you're staring at. Um, Right now, and in this... Will seem obvious to some people, but and it's a very long term hold here. But um, you know, after all the news that came out this week, I'm staring at the Packers to win the Super Bowl at thirteen to one. The second, and and I think this is leaning this way, and I believe it. So this is basically the bet I'm making: is Aaron Rodgers is going to stay, and based on all, everything this week, I think that's the case. And the second he signs, or the second that Schefter announces it, or whatever it is, that line drops to eight to one. Instantly, yeah, I hear you. Like, it, it's not going to be thirteen to one. If you're even thinking about the Packers, you need to make the bet right now. So that's kind of my long-term play right now. Just saying, look, thirteen to one is value. They were, I think, they entered the season plus eight fifty uh, last year. I think that'll be right the same. They franchise tag Devonta Adams. They're running it back. They're the one seed in the NFC. I will gladly take it at thirteen to one. Yeah, I still don't think it's as good as thirteen to one on the 49ers with Tom Brady as quarterback next season. I still, I still <laughs> like that. Fair. I still like that bet better. I'm still riding with that one. That was where I threw my cash when I got the opportunity because I am just absolutely salivating over that ending up being the story. Uh, but I get it. I completely get it. I guess you know, as somebody would bring up, hey, uh, you know, they've had Aaron Rodgers the last couple of years, and they haven't won the Super Bowl in those seasons either, for the record. But I, I hear you. You're trying to get value, and that's the reason why it's a play. Aaron Oster is with us from Veasan out in Las Vegas. Let's move on. Give me a bet that is a loser. Um, I mean, this is going to seem a little bit obvious at this point, but, you know, the bet's still out there. I still see people making it. I still see people talking about it. Um, don't bet the Nets to win the Eastern Conference at plus 290. Just don't do it. It's a loser. The Nets, with or without all this Kyrie nonsense, whether he's going to play, whether he's not going to play, they're not good. It's not worth 290. I'm not sure it's worth 490. Um, they're not one of the best 
three or four teams in the Eastern Conference. I don't believe they're going to win it. You say and that. You, hang on. You say that. But, man, you trying to tell me that you know who the best teams in the Eastern Conference are. I can't give you that, man. Well, who the okay. F knows? I, you know what? Here's the thing. I have no idea who the best team in the Eastern Conference is, but I'm pretty confident it's not the Nets. Right. And so if the argument is I'd rather bet the Sixers at plus 350 than the Nets at plus 290, I'm, I'm ab- abundantly <laughs> in agreement on that. Well, that that's the biggest part of it. But at this point, I'm also a little bit riding off the nets, and yeah. I, I get it. I shouldn't. That's dangerous, right? Because they could wake up at any point. No, so they still, I, they I still have I've Kevin Durant. Had, I'm not sure if you're familiar. I, I I've heard of that yes. guy before. Yeah, he's, he's, he's pretty. He's, he's okay at the basketball. But um, yeah, I mean, it, but it's mainly about the odds. But I'm also getting very close to just riding them off altogether. So yeah, at this point, at this point in the season. Don't put your money on plus 290. Just don't do it. Uh, where are uh, John Morant's MVP odds right now, by the way? Uh, they were hovering around 11 to 1. I'd have to pull up to see exactly after, what it is right now. After but. last night, it said 13 to 1. After last night, I might toss a buck or two over there. Like just just that one play. <laughs> well, well, it wasn't just the one play. Obviously, it's, the, the, it's it. There were there were th- really three, but the two that stand out. Well, the yeah. dunk. The dunk was ungodly. The dunk. The dunk is one of the most absurd things I've seen. And then obviously, we're not somehow a lot of people are talking about what happened at, at halftime, and we're still not talking about it enough. It's the <laughs> most amazing play I've ever seen in the history of basketball. 0. 0.4 seconds is the number. You don't get to hold on to that ball for even another tenth of a second and get that shot off. That's the most absurd thing we've ever seen. And in a weird way, because MVP in this year, you know, in particular, it can be so subjective. Like, just having a couple of plays that happen to stand out, and sure. with the Suns seemingly coming back to earth a little bit in the West because they don't have Chris Paul, and maybe muddling up the West a bit, and you know, so what the Warriors did, yakking up a huge lead the other day. Um, I don't know. I just have this funny feeling that, like, the national conversation could start shifting more towards how truly absurd it is what John Morant is doing. I don't disagree with that at all. I think that's a very uh, decent bet to make. Um, you know, Joel Embiid, a plus 110 on his MVP I mean, number. I don't, I just we don't talked get about it. this a few weeks ago. I don't when, get that. Uh, how is, I brought up DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. How is anyone at plus 110 to win MVP right, right. now? Like, I, I, it, it seems like if you told me any of the top six players right now in the odds, that's Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, DeRozan, Morant, or Curry won the MVP, it wouldn't shock me. If the Suns had won their first three games, I might have tried to toss a couple of bucks on Booker, right? Like, if yeah. they had come out in the first three games without Chris Paul and they had won all of them, he had played well, I might have been inclined to say, like, eh, okay, I'll throw, I'll, you know, the old your, your sprinkle term, I'll sprinkle a couple of bucks that way, but having lost two, I'm going to avoid that one as well. All right, and give me the bet that you love. What's the one that you look at the board and you say, this, go right now, walk to Hanover, Maryland if necessary, get inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, and put money down on this? Um, so I don't get to say this very often. There's a wrong line at Ooh. the FanDuel Sportsbook. Ooh, well, well, yeah, according to you. According to me, um... So uh, this is a conference tournament play. It's the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. 
Um, Missouri State is plus 490 right now. Missouri State is the two is the two seed and considered to be the second best team in the conference behind Loyola Chicago, who, by the way, is the fourth. Yeah, seed. that's correct. Yeah, that this is important for a number of reasons. So Loyola Chicago has to play Bradley in the uh, the quarterfinals, who's actually a very good team, and then has to face the one seed. Uh, Northern Iowa in the semifinals just to get to the finals to play Missouri State. I think Missouri State is, first of all, they have the best offense in the in the conference. They have one of the better offenses in the entire country. I think this line should be better, closer to plus 250, plus 225. Wow. They have a relatively easy road to get to the finals. And if they face Loyola Chicago, they will be an underdog, but they will be a plus 190 underdog, a plus 200 underdog. Plus 490 is feels really, really off, and yeah, run, run to the uh, casino to play wow. this bet, because I feel like that is going to go down quickly. All right, plus 490 on Missouri State to win Arch Madness this weekend in St. Louis in the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. We will tweet out all five of Aaron's L's. If you happen to miss one of them, you'll be able to find them at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Aaron, uh, give me the rundown for VEASAN. What do people need to know? Uh, of course, check out VEASAN. You can check it out. Uh, we have it on Mass and Programming locally. If you have the Xfinity app, you can check it out on the voice app. Just say VEASAN. And we're running a uh, March Madness promo right now. You can get everything, all access pass to VEASAN for just $19, and it takes you all the way through the National Championship game. All right. Go do that right now. At the AOster on Twitter is how you follow him. Aaron, appreciate it, pal. We will talk to you again next Tuesday. Talk to you next Tuesday. Hope your bets come through. There he is, Aaron Oster from Beeson, checking in with us here on Simply the Bets. Whew. I'm willing to bet. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt on that Missouri State thing. I might be headed down this weekend to put a couple of bucks down and do just that. You should be on your way down to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland because you can still win your share of $10,000 cash just by signing up for live rewards. New live rewards members can also earn up $20 in free play. I need to get in the cash machine. I, it is the most important thing that is going to happen to me in all of calendar 2022 is if I step foot in the cash machine at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Got to sign up by March 31st. Cash drawings April 1st. That's all on the way. And don't forget, there's always something wonderful going on. One of the things I love about uh, Live Casino in Hotel Maryland, it really doesn't matter what day of the week it is. There is always something happening. They got special offers for their 55 Live members every Tuesday and Thursday. That's their exclusive promotion for the 55-plus-year-old Live Rewards members. Earn up to... Uh, $30 free slot play or direct bet every Tuesday. That's an awesome thing for uh, those of you that, uh, you know, maybe have a little bit more time. Perhaps you're in your retirement age and you can go hang out and uh, try to win some money in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. We come back in. I want to go over those NFL MVP odds that are now up in the FanDuel Sportsbook, and we're going to talk to Bruce Billick, the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. That's all on the way. Simply the bets. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, 
Royal Farms. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Tuesday morning at 1140. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all the info you need and even a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Wednesday at 1140 a.m. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch it YouTube. YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Glory Days Grill's winter seasonal menu is back with comfort classics like their house-made meatloaf and short rib grilled cheese. It also features the center-cut sirloin with grilled shrimp, the char-grilled pork tenderloin, grilled meatloaf sandwich, smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, and a Brussels and bacon appetizer. All of these items pair well with Devil's Backbone 8-point IPA or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. And try their seasonal cocktails, Blood Orange Bird, Bourbon Cider, Apple Ginger Mule, and Captain's Hot Cider. Find out more and get your order in today at glorydaysgrill.com. Great food, good sports. It's another cold winter here in Baltimore, but this time there's no hot stove to warm you up. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and while there may be no activity in the world of baseball, I'll still be here every week with my co-host Zach Goodman to give you all the latest in the CBA negotiations as teams look to get back on the field in time for spring training. You can watch us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports and listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the latest in baseball coverage right here on the Battleround. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at facebook.com slash pressboxsports and try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. All right, back in here on Simply the Bets, which we have moved to Tuesdays uh, beginning this week, and we'll be making an announcement soon about some more betting programming that we'll be doing for you uh, here in the coming days. Quickly, let's go through, in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, they now have 2022 NFL MVP odds up for you. If you want to bet, you've been able to bet, uh, as Aaron brought up, the Super Bowl odds for next year. You've been able to bet conference winners. You can even bet division winners for what it's worth. The favorite in the AFC North for 2022 would be... None other than the Baltimore Ravens sitting at plus 185. The Bengals are at plus 200. So the Ravens actually the individual favorites over the reigning AFC champions in the AFC North in 2022, which is a level of respect, frankly, I'm not sure they deserve, if I'm being honest with you. But they're being given that uh, in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. The NFL MVP odds for 2022. Your favorite, 6-1. to one. It's actually co-favorites, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. At 8-1, to one, Aaron Rodgers. 9-1, to one, Justin Herbert. Matt Stafford at 10-1. to one, Dak Prescott, because the Cowboys are always going to be bet to numbers like this. 11-1. to one. You sit, you're wearing, Stop it. Cass says that she's wearing a Washington sweater today. Kyler Murray, 12-1. to one. Joe Burrow, 12-1. to one. Lamar Jackson, the ninth favorite at 20 to 1 Russell Wilson rounds out the top 10 at 25 to 1 for NFL MVP futures those odds those bets now available in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland speaking of which 
The general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel is our friend Bruce Billick, and he joins us each and every week here on Simply the Bets. Bruce, what's going on, sir? How are you? Glenn, good morning. How you doing? Everything is good, man. I can only imagine um, the excitement. We talked about this in the build-up to the Super Bowl. Now we got the excitement, the build-up to the NCAA tournament. I got to fathom that college basketball is kind of king around there for the foreseeable future. It is king. We're uh, officially in the conference tournament week. It's officially March, so customers in the sportsbook here are pretty excited to uh, get this started. Um, you, the I think right now we're starting to see. I'm nervous because I haven't seen yet seen odds for the, the CAA, and I'm sure there's a bunch of Towson fans that want to get there and put their bets down. I imagine that will probably be coming in the next 24 to 48 hours, right? Yeah, those odds should be out uh, pretty shortly. I'm the uh, Towson will obviously be the perennial favorite to win that tournament. They're probably going to be right around plus 125 to win the tournament. And that's not, you know, it's not like there's huge value there, but for me it's more, I think this is one of the, the glorious things about finally having sports betting here in the state of Maryland, Bruce, is when you're a fan and you're going to be rooting for it anyway, the idea to sort of double dip and be able to root both for your team to win the tournament and make the NCAA tournament and be able to root for you to be able to cash in and make some money, I think it's a type of joy that is it's almost indescribable. It's awesome. I got a couple guys here that are actually Towson alum, and they're pretty fired up. They can't wait to see Towson on the you know the main screen. They're trying to get it on there. So uh, it's 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 an exciting time of year for for college basketball fans and people who've gone to some of these schools and getting in for the first time, or you know perennial getting in. They're they're pumped and excited about it. No doubt. And right now, at the moment, there are a bunch of the conference tournament odds that are available for people to bet on. Correct. That is correct. You know, I was actually looking through them this morning. Uh, Got a nice little parlay put together that, that you know like to take the throw by you. Uh, okay, throw. I'm. I hang on. I I need to get a pen. Hang on a second. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was just scrolling through, looking at some of the ones that I think are you know pretty solid uh, to win their tournaments, and uh, we do offer where you can parlay the conference tournaments together, the the winners. Um, so I'm looking at Duke minus one twenty five to win uh, the ACC tournament. Uh, uh, Loyola, I, Chicago plus one thirty to win the Missouri Valley. Okay. Bryant minus one hundred five to win the NEC conference, and then Murray State minus one seventy five to win the Ohio Valley conference. Uh, that's paying right around almost twelve to one. So, uh, you know, again, you don't have to go with those, but you can. It, it's it's nice that the customers can come in and parlay those different conference tournaments, and you know, a bet like that can last you, uh, you know, the next week or two. Uh, these 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 uh, tournaments come to fruition. Here's the problem with that, and I know why, look, I, I get it. The ACC stinks this year. Duke is the best team by far, so I completely <laughs> understand that, but you're asking people around here to want to want to hope good things for Duke basketball, and it's just I, there's, I can't. In my blood, I could not do it. I don't care if it costs me money. I can't do it. <laughs> I'm not capable of it. Um, uh, and by the way, our buddy Aaron Oster was just throwing out Missouri State in the, uh, the Missouri Valley Conference as being somebody that might be a bit of a live dog there yep. at plus 490 so that could be an interesting one to bet um all right so that's what's going on and and will there be um bruce is we're my boy are we uh, 12 days out now from uh, selection sunday will there be props for selection sunday itself will there be more ncaa tournament related props that we'll see over the course of the next uh, week and a half yeah we'll find that out over here in the next week uh they're still kind of putting those, those the final touches on those uh, obviously, that all comes down to regulations in the state. Right. Uh, so our our teams are working on the back end of that to make sure uh, everything we do offer is uh, you know 
on the up and up for regulation wise. I feel like we should talk about that. Bruce Billick is the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook because I'm I'm sure this is going to be one that's going to be a struggle for people in the coming weeks as we're going to move towards you know May. Right now, you can't bet on horse racing, correct? In the state of in at, at the sports books in Maryland, is that true? Uh, currently, alive, we do not have it. Uh, okay, sports books do have race books in them currently. Right. Uh, yeah. So, so currently, we do not have that at live. Is, is, is there are there any other regulations? Like this was one that, that caught me off guard. We uh, there was a prop that was available that we couldn't bet on during the Super Bowl. That was the Gatorade color. We weren't able to bet on that one. Are there any other broad ones? That exist that are unique to Maryland. No, uh, I think the unique ones, like in the state of Virginia, you cannot wager on a college team in that state. Uh, Maryland does not have that regulation, so yep. um, you'll be able to bet on Towson to win the CAA in Maryland, whereas exactly. you you couldn't so, do that for Virginia in Virginia. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, any any Virginia game, you can't if you were betting online in, in the state of Virginia, you couldn't bet on you know Virginia or Virginia Tech or any of those games. So uh, we're lucky here in the state of Maryland to have that availability. Um, let me. I, this is the first since you and I started doing this. This weekend is the first like big UFC fight that we've seen in a little while with Colby um, uh, Covington taking on Jorge Masvidal at UFC 272. How significant is UFC betting for you guys, especially when you get big fights like this one? It's a huge fight, and you know we we've done a few of these. We we had uh, UFC 271 a few weeks ago. Right before the Super Bowl, we had a huge turnout. The crowd was, you know, energetic, awesome. You know, you got Covington and Masvidal this weekend, which is going to be another huge draw. Uh, for some reason, people love coming into sports books to watch these fights, and uh, it's a great place to sit with your friends, have some food, have some drinks, and you know, enjoy the fights. It's, it, it starts, you know, you know, eight or eight o'clock and rolls through, you know, after midnight. So it's a it's a nice time for some people to gather and, and, and watch these fights. They, they, they tend to be extremely uh, entertaining. I would encourage everybody, if you're thinking about coming out for the fight, uh, email events at sportssocialmd.com. Reserve a spot because, to Bruce's point, I mean, it, it could turn into an absolute, you know, kind of packed scene on Saturday night. If you, your friends, want to make sure you have a guaranteed table, probably the best thing to do is make sure you go ahead and reserve that right now. Yeah, that's a great shout, Glenn. And to do that too, as well. I know we are we're fielding a ton of requests for. You know, tables and chairs for the first uh, you know four days of March Madness. Oh yeah, so oh definitely get those in sooner and later. It's filling up pretty quickly, so I appreciate that, there, Glenn. Bruce, I have been thinking a lot about like this. I think you know you and I talked about this last week. The 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 thing where you just camp out for the day, where you like you literally show up at noon, you have multiple meals, and you drink all day and just watch basketball. The thing that everybody says this is why you got to go to Vegas for the NCAA tournament. You don't have to do that any longer. Like, th- th- you can do that right here in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. And if I didn't have to work, I almost certainly would be. I probably will end up spending a good bit of, I, like, I think we're lining up maybe that Friday. I think I might end up spending a good bit of the day there anyway, despite the fact that I have to work. It is, there it's, is nothing awesome. quite like it, is there? It's awesome. It's what it's all about. You know, we've got a group of guys that actually uh, usually head out to Vegas and they've changed it up. They, they've reached out in early January and they want to come here and, and see if they can get that same experience, which you know I told them we'll, we'll do everything in our power to make sure they have that same, if not a better experience. And uh, we're excited about it. The place is going to be packed. The people are energetic. This is one of the you know this is probably the first March Madness I'd say that we're really coming out of COVID. So I yeah. think people are just ready to. 
to get back to normal and have some fun. Plus, we're ready to see uh, Towson pull off a, a massive shocker, although hopefully not against Villanova because I just put some money down on them, by the way. That was that was my – the on uh, if you if you caught it on Live Casino and Hotel's social media last week, that was my, my thought is obviously hammer Villanova to the Final Four, but sprinkle a bit on Villanova at 24-1 to to win the tournament. I just – there's something about point guard play when you get to the NCAA tournament, and I – I know Jay Wright is very hit or miss. He's either winning the national championship or getting knocked out in the first weekend. It's just sort of the way that it goes for him over the years. But um, give me Colin Gillespie in big game, late situations, making good decisions. I don't know how you feel about it, but I am riding with Villanova as where my money has gone for the NCAA tournament. Guard play is so huge in the tournament. You know, you've got a few games to get there, and I think it's one thing that a lot of people overlook is guard play. And obviously coaching, you know, Jay Wright, uh, I'm never going to be afraid to back my money with, with uh, Jay Wright coaching, so I, I like where you're at, Glenn. There we go. I like that. All right. Um, uh, what else? What else are people thinking about? What else you know, jumps out at you? Maybe um, some, some numbers, some odds that you saw, some promos, whatever it is. What else is going on in your yeah, world? Yeah, you know, the NBA's back, and that's huge. I mean, it, it's nice. They had a little break there for All-Star Weekend. Uh, we've definitely had some people coming in betting on the you know, NBA regular season MVP. Put a lot of action around that. We got currently got Embiid at plus one ten. Uh, Jokic is getting some action at plus three ten, and then uh, one we've seen recently is uh, John Moran. That's the one. I was. We were just talking about this, <laughs> Bruce. I'm not kidding. Like 20 minutes ago, we were having a conversation about this. He literally. He's had some huge games. I'm sure you guys saw the. Dude, last the night shot. was insane. I mean, that was the that was defining last night. I uh, I yeah. genuinely believe, and and this is not. You, you, there's no way to to, to to gauge this, right? Like I can't come up with a statistic that proves it. But in determining MVP, having moments that stand out significantly in voters' minds, who is going to forget what he did between the dunk and the shot at the half last night? Like they are to me the most. That's the most memorable thing that has occurred this NBA season. And it's huge, and it's kind of an objective award. I don't want to say it's an objective, but you know, they, they, like you said, those those thoughts stay in people's minds, and it's really hard to get out of your mind what that guy did just you know last night, and he does it. It seems to be night after night, so yeah, thirteen to one. That that might be a not not a bad shot there. I think I'm making a trip down this weekend and putting a few bucks on John Morant uh, for NBA MVP after what he did last night. Um, anything else we need? Uh, you know, I like. I think people point out this weekend is uh, uh, Man U Man City. I guess we should remind people the kiosks are open 24 hours a day, 51 self-service kiosks, no matter what time the event is that you want to watch. And I actually think Man U Man City might be closer to noon anyway, so you might have been safe. But big soccer matches, even if it's the 7 a.m. match on a Saturday, you can get down and bet it in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Yep. Last thing I want to talk about, Glenn, how about did you take a, a look at the Nadal Medvedev match this past weekend. I did. I did indeed. Of course, for those that don't know, Nadal ended up, I mean, what a run, uh, ended up beating Cam Nori for the title. What was that, Nakapolko? Um, I I think, and by the way, Daniil Medvedev also took over the number one spot, right, in the rankings. Yep. And, and what an awful time for him to have to, like, what a, oh, I feel, I feel awful for him, man. Like, you know, it, Certainly, you know, he doesn't deserve to, to have to deal with what he's doing as a Russian player. Um, to this be the moment that he should be celebrated and, you know, and enjoying being the number one player in the world. But Jesus, man, like just just wretched. Um, that being said, the, the Nadal thing, it, this is unreal, right? That this is happening right now. Like this is really unreal that he is having this moment going to the French where whether Djokovic is there or not, he's going to be the overwhelming favorite. Like, this is an unreal 
scenario for Rafael Nadal to perhaps reassert himself as it had been kind of assumed that Djokovic was going to take the GOAT title. Like, he legitimately could be rewriting history with what he's doing right now. Yeah, it's amazing. He's playing some amazing tennis when I watched that match. You know, it was Medvedev was obviously favored, but Nadal, was, he's, he's, he's in unbelievable form right now. If he can carry that into the French Open, he's obviously the overwhelming favorite. He's plus 110 right now, and obviously the next closest is Djokovic at plus 250, but uh, he's playing some amazing tennis. It's, it's, it's awesome to see. It's, it's truly awesome to see what he's doing. All right, Bruce Billick, appreciate you, my friend. Let's chat again next Tuesday, um, and we will, boy, we will be within days of uh, Selection Sunday at that point, a very exciting time in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Appreciate it as always. We'll talk to you next week, all right? Thanks, Glenn. Take care. It's Bruce Billick, the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Yeah, that John Morant, I feel I probably shouldn't have given it away because it was probably going to pop up in my uh, – our, our social media videos that we do for live casino and hotel this week, but uh, I'm giving it away. I am putting money on John Morant as NBA MVP. That is getting some dollars from your boy uh, during the course of the week. And we'll have a couple other things we'll throw in there for a live casino and hotel this week, but John Morant definitely leads the list as NBA MVP. All right, Paul Valley, you got a tidbit for us today. I do have a tidbit. Um, one, the Orioles are plus 20,000 to win the World Series <laughs> and plus 13,000 to win the, a- the uh, AL pennant. You're so, saying that perhaps if the Baltimore Orioles were to sign Carlos Correa, those numbers would, would not be quite so drastic. Maybe not. Maybe not. I still don't know that I like their chances, but uh, I hear you. If you're trying to steal some value, perhaps you could steal some value in some way. I, it, it's still a tough sell for me. I was trying to find the odds that the Orioles are the team to sign Carlos Correa, but I couldn't find that Unfortunately, not, not available in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, so our tidbit today. Yesterday, Jeremy was the one talking about how the Hang Pelicans— on. The Orioles are also plus 15,000 to win the AL East. Oh wow! Okay, so, you, you could know, make some money. Could, Put three hundred bucks on. You could get. Oh my God! I can't even do that math off the top of my head. No, Hang I, on a I second. mean, put a hundred down on each one of those, and you. Well, I'm. I I still think the other two are a stretch. Like mm-hmm. I still am not willing. But let's just let's just say you put a hundred dollars down, on at one hundred and fifty to one. You're making fifteen thousand dollars. Did I do that math correctly? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not a, not you, put, you put $10 down, you can make $1,500. Mm-hmm. Not a bad day's work. I mean, I've definitely spent $10 in many worse ways. I spend $10 at Wawa like every day. We go to Royal Farms here. That's where we go. I'm we sorry, like, I, I, we I, like I, I, Royal, I Royal Farms. Farms. There's a Royal Farms right across from my house. We got to we gotta work on this. We got to work on this. My apologies. Let's uh, let's go ahead. All right. So yesterday, Jeremy was on talking about how the Pelicans were only two and a half point favorites against the Lakers, despite how awful the Lakers are um, when they played on Sunday. Well, he was right. The Pelicans won the won by twenty eight on Sunday. In, in fairness, he had the hindsight. He knew that when he said, it. "Yeah, yeah." But the crazy part: somebody placed a twelve hundred and fifty five dollar wager on FanDuel Sportsbook on the Pelicans minus twenty and a half at plus eleven hundred. Nice little payout of fifteen. They were minus twenty and a half. They were. Uh, there was a minus twenty. If Pelicans, an alternate. Yeah. An so alternate if, line. If, yeah. If, if the Pelicans won by twenty one, they were. That was at plus eleven hundred. Hang on a second. We're doing this math wrong. If they were minus twenty and a half, then they were twenty and a half point dogs. If they were it, no, if, if they were minus twenty and a half, no, if they were favored to win, minus twenty and a half would oh, mean favored to win by twenty one. No, no, that's the math is wrong on that. 
if you're plus 20 and a half, then you can lose by 20 and you still cover. If you're minus 20 and a half, you got to win by 21 points. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Say it one more time. Then maybe it might be on me. Maybe somebody it's somebody placed a $1,255 wager on FanDuel Sport at FanDuel right. Sportsbook on the Pelicans minus 20 and a half. I don't understand how they got that line. At, at, at that's plus an insane 1100. Line. Okay, all right. Then I, that's on me. I wasn't paying attention. That's fine. And I apologize. Gave him a nice little payout of fifteen thousand sixty dollars on. Yeah, yeah. On yeah, a, that's a that's true. Wait, what was the number? Uh, what what they bet? What, they, what did they what did they bet? They bet twelve hundred fifty five dollars on, pl- on on the Pelicans minus twenty and a half. Mm-hmm. That's one of the most reckless bets I've ever heard of in my life. I mean that. Look, alternate lines are available, right? And that's mm-hmm. one of the things you can do if you go down to the FanDuel Sportsbook. You can get alternate lines, right? Like, they are available to you at extraordinary odds. 20 and a half is insane. Like, that's an insane number. I think I just assumed they were going the other way because the Lakers were presumed favorites in the game. So why wouldn't you buy yourself more points for the Pelicans to stay within in order to try to win? To get them at... I mean, my God, that's extraordinary. That's an extraordinary number. Rumor has it was Keanu Reeves and Hardball. I mean, yeah, I mean, sure. <laughs> kind of long time since I thought about Keanu Reeves and Hardball, by the way. That is an unbelievable number. Well, good for whoever that was. That's, uh, that, was that was quite the payoff right there. All right, very good. Uh, that'll do it for us for Simply the Bets. Thanks to Aaron Oster. Thanks to Bruce Billick. Again, Simply the Bets will be on Tuesday mornings at 1140, moving forward. And in the coming days, we will be announcing more betting-related prog- related programming for you that we will be doing uh, as part of Pressbox's betting content in partnership with the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. So we will see you tomorrow morning for Glenn Clark Radio. May the odds be ever in your favor.